I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. Spectacular. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off in by lighting up. Boy. From my friends, the star of the show. Famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. Good morrow, everybody. We have a big problem. I am Frank Morano. Uh, this is Sid and Friends in the Morning. The problem is this. When you take off from your regular radio show, you never want the people that s- substitute for you, to fill in for you, to be better than you are. You don't want more <laughs> listeners when you're away than when you're there. And Sid Rosenberg has a big problem today because we have an A-list substitution. Not only am I, yours truly, going to be here at least for the first hour of this program, but I am uh, very, very pleased to be joined by Not That Andrew. That's right. They're both the sons of uh, legendary New York political figures. They're both Italian-American. They both have uh, run for office and had, you know, a little bit of a tough time their first time running for office. I am very pleased to be sitting next to my colleague, uh, Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, it's great to see you. Happy Thanksgiving. Frankie, it's great to see you, too. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Uh, it's great to be in with Chad Lopez oh. over here, the president of Red Apple Media, who never stops. This guy absolutely never stops. Sometimes and- we wish he would stop. <laughs> you know, just on Thanksgiving for a bit. Well, but happy it- Thanksgiving to you guys, too. Great to uh, see you both. And I got to tell you, you're you're right there with Sid. I mean, be be careful. Sid might take an Uber in right now. And he might be in here by 630 and all that <laughs> if it's too good. So let's not be too entertaining right. and too informative. It's the Wally Pip situation uh, <laughs> all over again. Hey, uh, even though it is Thanksgiving and people are probably awake, uh, you know, preparing different foods, they're awake, maybe a couple of people even working out, preparing for the marathon of eating that they're going to be engaged in, maybe uh, getting ready to uh, see the uh, see the parade or something along those lines. There is a ton of news. I remember a time when Thanksgiving was actually a relatively snow a slow news week or that is absolutely not the case these days i have to ask you about this because i sort of alluded to this uh there's an article in politico new york yesterday indicating that andrew cuomo is prepared to run for mayor if uh eric adams stumbles and there's Eight people that the reporters from Politico spoke to, Nick Reisman and Jeff Colton, both good reporters, I'm sure you know them. And this is not basically just the meandering or the wondering of one Cuomo advisor. This seems to be a serious bid at considering the mayoralty 
Last week, there was news that he was polling about how people would respond to an Andrew Cuomo bid for mayor. Uh, your dad ran for mayor three times. You've run for governor. I can't think of a better person to ask about this. Do you think this would happen? And if it does happen, how do you think this goes over? Well, first off, he has to, and I think you alluded to this on your show, he has to make sure that he's a resident of New York City first and foremost. Oh, there's that. I th- yeah, exactly. I think probably since the time that he probably went down to Washington, D.C. in the Clinton administration, I don't think he's been a resident of New York City for at least 30 years or so. Uh, and now he's either out in Suffolk or maybe in Westchester. I'm not exactly sure. So that's the first thing. Um But if you're thinking about a comeback from Cuomo's perspective in terms of what he's going to do, it probably makes the most sense. Just think about the fact that from a Democratic primary, for governor's standpoint, so much of that is based in New York City, specifically Brooklyn, Queens, and Manhattan. So if you think about where the base of his support is, it's going to be right there. And with the questions around... Eric Adams' administration recently, seeing that there is smoke, not necessarily fire yet, but there is smoke potentially around some corruption allegations with people that are close to him. Uh, Cuomo certainly is somebody who's opportunistic and is looking and saying, hey, if there really is fire here, I'm going to take a shot at this. Uh, now, a lot of people would also say that maybe running for governor, uh, being governor, and then being mayor in most situations and almost every other situation would be a demotion. You could argue in New York City, it's probably the second toughest job in the world. Right. That's, what John, Lindsay, the that's what John Lindsay. That's what John called it. Uh, exactly. You know better than me. Now, if you were advising, because you worked in the uh, Trump administration right. as well, you've been around politics your whole life. Uh, you're, you're somebody that's able to look at things objectively from a political point of view. If you were advising Andrew Cuomo on how to make a political comeback, because it's clear this guy wakes up every day thinking, how can I get back into politics? <laughs> what would you tell him? What would your advice to Andrew Cuomo be? He breathes it, eats it, and sleeps it, right? I mean, I think from his standpoint, he's probably starting to do the right things. and He's actually probably been doing the right things since he had to resign for governor, right? He made sure that he was going to many of the Brooklyn churches. He was going to where his bases of support would potentially be. Uh, it's a difficult question. It's one I got to think about a little bit more. I want to get back to exactly given some really well-informed information on how for him to actually do it. Um, but I think it's starting to be present. I think the fact that he comes on WABC radio, and this is something that I know John and you, you Chad know, got a lot of him for, <laughs> but I have to tell you, it's one of the things that I defended them from day oh, one on. And, and I disagree with probably 90% of the things that come it comes out of Andrew Cuomo's mouth. And I think some of the things that he did over COVID needs to be questioned and needs to be, needs to really be broken down a lot more than they have. And I think some of the WABC radio hosts have done a very good job face to face with him on that. Um, but with that being said, uh, it's going to be really fascinating to see if he actually pulls For starters, off. I thought you were going to say I disagree with about 90% of the decisions Chad Lopez makes. <laughs> Did you see that? And, and I didn't complete the thought. But, he but would I say that I'm sitting here right now. <laughs> That's right. But now I don't My see him. So I would see. But, but, hitting but, the eggnog early this let, morning. Let me complete the thought. Sorry, I, I kind of went around and didn't complete the thought. I may disagree with 90% of the things that Cuomo says, but I 100% agree with the fact that John Katsimatidis, Margot Katsimatidis, and Chad Lopez have given in this form of WABC. Because I've said, WABC is the ultimate meeting place here for New York City and really for the East Coast. And you can argue for all of radio in the country. 
And if you really want that discussion to happen, you need people from the opposite end of the aisle. And oh, Cuomo I, certainly, uh, you know, I mean, I completely, uh, you know, we have a diverse a point, point of view rec- represented not only in the on-air staff, but the callers and the guests. We do see a lot less of Andrew Cuomo since that very tough interview that Rita Cosby yes. did with him. I mean, he yeah. was on, it seemed like every week on some show or another, and then Rita Cosby did that very tough interview with him, and all of a sudden, you don't see him as frequently. So, he was on uh, with uh, Suzanne Miller on her podcast, but it's it's rare. It's, it's much well, more well, rare. I do it, have to step in here for a second, because he, he, it's not that you see it. it he wants more time. He wants to come in. He wants to be on as, as much as he can be, right? But as you know, I mean, he didn't have a good showing when he was here, and, and I think we, we, we heard our audience. We heard, uh-huh. we heard our audience, and but the... the the great part about this is, again, like what you say with John and Margot and what we do here, is there's no other radio station on right now that's live right now in New York City that's live and doing what we're doing. And there's a reason for that. We have a lot of people who want to be here, right, who you might have an opposing side, but we listen to them and we give them the opportunity. And I think that's what makes WABC special. No right? doubt about Especially it. on Thanksgiving Day. Absolutely. No and and it's, it's why whenever I was on the gubernatorial trail, I would hear, I've heard you on with Sid and Bernie and Sid at the time. I heard you on with Frank Morano. I heard you on with some guy named Rudy in the, in the middays. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think also that's one of the things that you're touching on with Cuomo that he might have to do if he wants to really take a shot at actually running for mayor, which is, Take not just those softball interviews, but he's got to take some of these challenging interviews like like Rita may have done with him and maybe do this in more forums and say, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit more clairvoyant in what happened during the covid situation. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. And I know probably his lawyers are saying, no, 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 don't do that. So he's getting advice, obviously, from his legal legal side versus the political side. And the political and legal side might be at conflict right now. And that might hinder him in his run. I'll tell you um, what. I think Andrew Cuomo mm-hmm. should do if I were advising him. But I'd really love to hear what the listeners would advise him to do. Uh, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. The rumor is, more than rumor, you have eight people speaking to reporters indicating that he if, uh, is moving forward with a run for mayor, or at least polling a run for mayor, if Eric Adams stumbled. I'd love to know what you would advise Andrew Cuomo to do if you were advising him objectively. And I don't want want to hear take a long walk off the mario cuomo bridge that is not a valid answer on a holiday like thanksgiving um i'd also like to know how you think this goes over how you think he would be received as as a mayoral candidate 800-848-9222 i think and he will never do this because he doesn't have the in my view i don't think he has the humility necessary to do this what he should absolutely do is run for congress for in a seat that's currently occupied by a Republican. Right. He should run uh, where he lives in Michael Lawler's uh, congressional district. Hmm. He should run against Michael Lawler. That's a purple district anyway that a Democrat could win. He has the amount of name recognition that I think he could win the Democratic primary with a plurality. And then it's a crapshoot for the general election. And then if he gets elected to Congress... He becomes the best-known Democratic member of the House, not named Dance, not named Pelosi, right? right? Um, I think, and then all the story is about what an incredible political comeback this has been. If he runs for mayor and loses, then he's Elliot Spitzer in 2013 mm-hmm. running for controller, failed political comeback. He's Anthony Weiner trying to run for mayor and not being able to, uh, failed political comeback. If he gets just one win, 
even if it's for an office that it might be, in his view, a little beneath him, that's the narrative. He's the comeback Cuomo. It, that's what he should do. See, we got to look at the unfavorables in that district because one of the things that, that Cuomo is going to have is his unfavorables are going to be high in different parts of New York State. And I'm not sure if in Lawler's Hudson Valley district they actually are or are not. But it's it's a good point. I think you're absolutely right, though. I think his ego will never let him be anything but an executive. And he's looking and saying, hey, look, how can I actually make this? I think the other thing that's fascinating is probably indicative of the fact that he does want to do this is even the way that he's starting to talk about the migrant crisis. You got to remember in 2017 to 2018, 2019, Cuomo was one of the people who was calling ICE thugs and stormtroopers. And now he's starting to talk out against this oh, well, migrant I mean, crisis, trying to rebrand himself. So I think it's probably indicative of the fact that he is looking for a move to uh, to run. Six weeks from now, he'll have a, a totally different set of uh, of views, depending on which way the wind is blowing. I mean, you know, he doesn't that believe in anything. Do, well, some. <laughs> uh, I don't know of many named Giuliani that take that tact. 800-848-9222. We're going to get to your calls in a moment. If you're just tuning in, if you're just getting ready to uh, begin the process of putting the anti together uh, to begin the uh, the pumpkin pie process, whatever you may be, and you're wondering whose voices are you hearing, this is Sit and Friends in the Morning. You are listening to the right station. Uh, Andrew Giuliani is here. I'm Frank Morano. Chad Lopez is here. So if you have complaints about the radio station, now is the time to get them in. You know, I can tell Thanksgiving's delicious your house because you didn't mention turkey. You went right to the anti-pasta <laughs> right here. That's the kind of Thanksgiving dinner that I want to go to. i got to tell you, tonight we're hosting, my wife and I are hosting Thanksgiving, and the great thing that we did was we have a couple of good friends of ours who were in town from Italy and we said you're allowed to come but you got to make an Italian dish there because go. we got to make sure my wife is making her Lithuanian pasta and we're going to have a turkey as well but it's almost like you know what we're going to make sure that we have our Italian our Lithuanian foods represented and then we can also make sure as much as I love America I love my Italian food a little bit more. I, I got to tell you, I, I, I do. That. It's true. I hear that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, coming up a little bit later, El Capitan himself is going to be uh, sitting in this chair. John Katsimatidis, who, in addition to being the owner of the radio station, does uh, the host the two shows on this station, actually in the whole country, that probably make more news than any other radio show in America. Uh, last week, uh, he made news internationally, literally, with his interview with Joe Manchin. Now, this week, he's doing the same thing with his uh, interview with Mayor Eric Adams. So there's a lot to get into with him. It is Thanksgiving, so there's a lot of serious news to tackle, and we will. Uh, we're going to take your calls in a moment, but, um, you know, it's fun. We're, it's a holiday. We're going to have some fun throughout the course of the next few hours And, and well. by the way, pandas, too. If you Google right now, if you put in your search and pandas, and you put in news, three of the top five hits have John Katsimatidis right there. So, right. I mean, he is making news all across, whether it's Congress, whether it's this interview with Eric Adams, which I thought was uh, really, really a great interview. And you look at the very end of that, he asked a really tough question about congestion pricing in New York coming back. And I want to ask John about this in terms of what he thinks, the timing of this, and what this is actually going to do to New York. I know this is something that you've been outspoken mm-hmm. about so many well, it's your a disaster. Friends, I mean, it's a disaster. It's a complete disaster. I mean, I couldn't afford to work here if we have congestion prices. Yeah. I mean, I'm not you're joking. Up. I mean, it would really be a, a disaster for anybody that lives in areas. And, you know, I think it's so tone deaf on the part of Governor Hochul and the people that push this because I don't drive into work because, you know, I, I despise mass transit. I drive into work because I live in an area that is tremendously underserved by mass transit. It, it would take you over two hours to get. Oh. 
into work. Way easily. More. Way easily. more than that. Yeah, Way more exactly. than that. Um, so uh, there's a lot to get to, and uh, there's some good news, some not-so-good news, a lot happening internationally. We're hoping there's some uh, some positive steps happening in the Middle East tomorrow with the beginning of this hostage release. You know, Andrew, there's uh, I know you follow the Middle East situation pretty closely. That was pretty controversial, the, um, the deal that mm-hmm. is apparently going to result, and it can knock on wood because these people aren't released yet, uh, 50 hostages in exchange for 150 Palestinian host- uh, prisoners being released and a uh, temporary ceasefire. How do you view that? Good deal? Bad deal? You know, I was listening to Katz and Cosby. I think it was Tuesday, and they had Alan Dershowitz on. And Dershowitz said that I wish America would and Israel would say we do not negotiate with terrorists in hostage situations because then you would have less hostages being taken in these situations like this. We haven't done that. Um, look, I think any temporary pause has to include these. Um, but the truth is, the way that this is being portrayed in the media, it's completely from not even the Palestinian standpoint, from Hamas's standpoint. I was just reading an op-ed by Bernie Sanders that I think he released yesterday talking about justice for Palestinians and security for Israel. And he talks about the humanitarian catastrophe in Gaza, but he doesn't actually talk about the fact that this was caused by Hamas. He doesn't really actually hold Hamas to account and doesn't make one of the prerequisites of peace in Gaza that Hamas actually has to be eliminated And to me, this is just showing that this is carrying the weight. So when I look at this security thing, look, you don't have a heart if it doesn't break your heart in looking that uh, in looking at these hostages and these kids and saying this is so sad. But you don't have a brain if you think that this is actually going to stop Hamas and the atrocities from continuing. It's going to be interesting. We have a lot more updates on that and a a very, very controversial arrest involving a former uh, pretty high level political operative. We'll get into that in a moment. And we're going to get to your calls at 800-848-9222. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Frank Morano here with Andrew Giuliani, Chad Lopez, Keeping us honest. Still to come, John Katsimatidis, Curtis Lewa, and a whole lot more on this, the Thanksgiving edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. Straight ahead. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. This is sitting friends in the morning. Uh, no bumper music, Diego. I guess whoever's in charge of the bumper music uh, got a Thanksgiving vacation day off. Well, well deserved, I'm sure. Well deserved. Uh, this is sitting friends in the morning. Uh, Frank Morano here with uh, Andrew Giuliani and Chad Lopez talking about a bunch of situations, including the Middle East situation. Andrew Cuomo. People itching to comment on the prospect of Mayor Andrew Cuomo. God forbid. Uh, got to ask you about this uh, though, Andrew Giuliani. A man uh, seen on video, and we now know it's not just any man, it's a former Obama advisor and a pretty well-known lobbyist. Man is seen on video going on this, I think you can only describe it as a hateful rant against a halal food worker fueled by the Israel-Hamas war. This video has made the rounds on social media showing Stuart Seldowitz, a former security advisor to uh, to President Obama, launching into this rant on uh, 83rd Street and 2nd Avenue on the Upper East Side. And the video doesn't show what happened before this halal truck worker started recording, but Seldowitz can be heard saying, quote, 
if we killed 4,000 Palestinian kids, you know what? It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. He was arrested on Wednesday and is facing charges, including aggravated harassment and a stalking and hate crime charge. Uh, you know, again, what he did was just horrible, but clearly he's a total jerk here. But converting being a jerk into hate crime, I'm wondering if that's continuing this tit for tat spiral of trumped up identity grievances, whether Islamophobia or anti-Semitism, uh, the logic underpinning hate crime law. I'm not sure this is actually a crime here. Uh, what do you think? Well, first off, the irony that I've heard Islamophobia come out of the White House press secretary's mouth really coming from the left basically is a way to really, I guess, put a damper on all the anti-Semitism that we've seen coming out over the last six weeks. Really, they've been saying, hey, look, you know, let's temper this because all the anti-Islamophobia uh, that's coming out here Um the irony to actually see it come from a former Obama aide, actually, from the left. This is really the only reported is- instance that I've seen of Islamophobia sk- uh, spiking in the tri-state area over the last six or seven weeks. So I find that ironic. I understand that you, the point you're making. L- let me first start off by saying that this is a guy who was in the White House for, I, I think it was over four years of the Obama administration. I forget the exact timeline. But... He was in the Oval Office at times, and instead of actually dealing with this from a policy standpoint, maybe talking to his friends that are in the Biden administration and saying, how can I come and actually help? The way that he thinks that he needs to actually handle this is go to a 24-year-old no. who runs a halal card. I mean, it just shows you the, the lack of, of judgment on this guy's part. And you wonder, some of his colleagues actually might have that same lack of judgment. Does his First Amendment rights, though, protect him from this actually being a crime? Well, that's it's a fascinating point now, that you're making. And, and again, he's been fired from the government relations firm that he was a part of Gotham Government Relations. I'm sure you know David so. Schwartz, who mm-hmm. is, the, I think, the owner of this. I um, I think that what he did here is terrible, but I think if you like the First Amendment, you got to hope that this guy beats these charges on First Amendment grounds. It doesn't make him any less of a jerk, and maybe some other words that I can't use on the radio because I'm not Sid, but it does preserve the <laughs> principle of free speech for everybody, regardless of, of viewpoint. Well, one of the things that, uh, and we haven't seen this guy be able to put up the defense yet, I think he was the one who was initiating this, and he kept on going back at him, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I do want to hear if ultimately the other guy manipulated him in some kind of way and got him going and all this. But if you're going and you just continue to end up picking at this guy, picking at this guy, I mean, harassment could be very viable, mm. I think, in in this. So, you know, the hate speech is one thing, but I think from a harassment standpoint, I, I think they have very good grounds. Interesting. On Interesting. This, right? I mean, well, if, he, I, if he was going up to a guy and just kept on saying, like, hey, you, you know, raping this, you're raping that, and at some point you want to say, get out of here, man, you know? Right. We, I, I think about this on the streets of New York all the time, right? When you have somebody who might be yelling at you from a cross street and you're walking by, you're walking by, at what point... Does it get, well, look, it's his First Amendment rights to saying, well, look, I'm a taxpayer here in New York as well. I have the right to actually be able to 
operate my business or walk on the street without being actually harassed as well. Yeah, uh, 628, it is 46 degrees this Thanksgiving morning. You're listening to the only radio show in the New York area, quite possibly the only major radio station in the country that is live and local, not just right now, but all day this Thanksgiving morning and day. So if uh, you need some company as you're watching the parade, as you're uh, preparing your feast, we're your company all day long. We're going to be here for you. We're so live and local, as a matter of fact, that we got a Thanksgiving turkey that's being fried in the break room over here <laughs> right, right now. That's what Chad that's Lopez right. tells me. So that's how live we that's are. That's the only reason I came well, uh, you know, Honestly, there are Thanksgiving, um, there are Thanksgiving <laughs> meals in the refrigerator, which was very yes, nice. It looks pretty good. By the way, they say that uh, fried uh, frying a turkey is the number one cause of injuries on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I've and, never, yes. I've never fried a me turkey. Neither. I, I've always been the the kind of Italian route that you have right there, where turkey is really kind of like I don't know the tertiary meal, it, if you totally, will, on Thanksgiving. Totally. So, I'm with all right, you. a lot of people very eager to talk with uh, with us, probably mostly Chad Lopez and Andrew Giuliani, but I'm here as well. Let me begin with Tony <laughs> in Manhattan. Tony, what's on your mind? Amazing how much you're able to accumulate. You're a good role model. Hello, Tony. Can you hear me? I, I, for better or worse, we can, Tony. What's on your mind? <laughs> you know, I can't believe what you guys are doing. You know, you got this mayor out there. He he wants us to contribute to his his legal uh, campaign to fight corruption. This guy should be in prison. Who's asking? Where's he getting the five thousand dollars to buy these suits? I don't want a mayor that wears five thousand dollars suits. Ralph Nader. We need a guy like that that gets his stuff off the rack. Well, I mean, this is crazy. Uh, Tony, look, I'm a, I'm a Ralph Nader fan. He's a regular on my program, which if you're not listening to, people should from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. Uh, Andrew, how uh, how much were your father's suits when he was mayor? Uh, and can you care to comment on that at all? They they were in the uh, low three figures, I think. So, look, I, I will say when, when I do see Mayor Eric Adams as, as he dresses, does uh, it – I think about how much he has made throughout his time as a police officer and then a state senator or as a borough president and now as a mayor. Uh, and it has given me some questions in terms of, well, you know, that that's interesting. It seems that that wouldn't be kind of it seems like more of the Wall Street types that might be wearing this or that. That's uh I wouldn't exactly even call that the smoke there, although I would say in going back to this woman who was uh uh, who, who, who the feds actually went in and, and, uh, Rihanna Shrugs, yeah, right. exactly. Shrugs. Um, she ended up coming on the campaign. I think this is kind of one of the biggest pieces of circumstantial evidence that gives me the biggest questions. She ended up coming on the campaign in 2021. Uh, Adams's relationship with Turkey predates to 2015 when he first started going to Turkey as borough president. He said himself publicly that six, seven times he ended up going to Turkey. That relationship the Turkey relationship was obviously handed to Suggs. That was not a relationship that was created by Suggs, which tells me that either Ingrid Martin, who is known by many as the gatekeeper in City Hall, or Adams himself directly knew about that. Again, this is circumstantial. This is just looking at kind of the facts of this year. Um, but it certainly does make you wonder, um, okay, what are the feds actually looking at here? Now, I think the point that's been made by John and by others is true, but they're not mutually exclusive, which is the fact just because the FBI is going after him and may, might be targeting him because he has been a critic of the administration, which I think is accurate, doesn't mean that also his hands 
aren't clean, right? right? They're not mutually exclusive and necessarily. Yeah, once in a while, every once in a while, the FBI does investigate people that are guilty. <laughs> That's it, right. It's rare. Once in a while, it does, it does it's rare happen. these days. As far as uh, Mayor Adams' fondness for uh, the finer things in life, he's never made any bones about the fact that he enjoys the greenbacks. He enjoys getting paid. Show me the money. <laughs> you remember that was... Show uh, me the money. Where's this, Sliwa? I thought is, that was Sliwa's this clip is, only to This play. is a speech that he gave... On the floor of the New York State Senate, one of the first, I'm not joking here, one of the first major addresses that he gave was demanding a pay raise and made no bones about it. You have other people that are humble politicians and say, oh, I'm just happy to be here and do the people's work. And then you have, show me the money. Show me the money. Chris, is it? That's what I said the first day I walked into the White House. I don't know what you're talking about right there. No, no, that was another first on Hunter Biden. I apologize. Chris is in the Catskills. What's on your mind, Chris? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Frank, I don't um, <clears throat> disagree with you often. I don't think Governor Cuomo would have a chance of beating Mike Lawler. I think he would have a better chance of getting elected in a nonpartisan election where it's going to be a very low turnout. Actually, Cuomo lost the primary in my congressional district when it was represented by Chris Gibson uh, against Zephyr Teachout. She actually beat him fairly well because a lot of progressives have migrated up into the Catskills right. and they show up and vote in primary. Yeah. I well, think Melissa DeRosa, as his advisor, she's brilliant. Um, if he could convince her to come by his side. And um, he, he to go for it, he's got to, like Andrew said, he's got to change his voter registration. Right. Well, a couple well, things. Here, well, Chris. she is by his side. Co- right couple now, of things sure. here, Chris. I, um, you know, I know Melissa DeRose has got a great reputation. I think she's one of the most overrated people in in politics. I, I don't see the brilliance. Everyone goes they, they're genuflect about how brilliant Melissa DeRose is. So far, what I've seen is she's been essentially a lapdog for Andrew Cuomo, and then wrote a book bashing all of Andrew Cuomo's enemies. I don't see the brilliance, but other people may disagree. The reason I disagree with your premise, Chris, is twofold. One, uh, Andrew Cuomo, and I'd be curious to hear your answer to this, uh, Andrew, is um, he's got a floor, right? You have, I think, 30 to 35 percent of the Democratic primary electorate that are going to love him. They're going to vote for him no matter what. You probably have about another 20 to 30 percent that are going to hate him no matter what. And then the rest could be persuaded one way or another. In a three-way race in a Democratic primary for Congress, he can win with 35% of the vote. But in a race for mayor, whether it's a Democratic primary or a nonpartisan special election with ranked choice voting, I don't see him ever getting preferred by over 50% of New Yorkers at this point. Yeah, that's interesting. Um I do think that that district would be tough for him just because, again, I think his unfavorables are pretty high in the Hudson Valley from what I can imagine. I see what you're saying. I do think, though, he's got to look from your standpoint at places in New York City. I think if you look at Cuomo's popularity outside of New York City, it has plummeted over the last five years. It is really, really low. Um, I understand the point that you are making, but uh, I think, again, his ego will not let him. Uh, All right. Well, him uh, Congress. Diego is tired of listening to you pontificate. Oh, okay. well, and he's demanding. He wants to listen to you more? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, you got to see. Uh, uh, Diego is demanding that we take a break so that we can hear the dulcet tones of uh, Justin Ellick on a very, very busy sports day. Not one, not two, not three. Well, actually three professional sports, uh, professional football games today. 
Cowboys, Washington, it's going to be a very interesting day football-wise. Justin Ellick has all the details. And for those of you that are traveling somewhere today, we've got all the details traffic-wise for you as well. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Chad Lopez is here. Andrew Giuliani is here. And yours truly, Frank Morano. We'll continue straight ahead. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Very appropriate, Diego, I gotta tell you. It may not be the weekend, but it is Thanksgiving. For all of you that are out there, maybe doing a little stretching for your backyard Thanksgiving games right now, make sure you stretch those hammies good, because I know a lot of people that have blown out hammies and legs here playing some backyard football. Maybe you're making your turkey. Maybe like Frank and I and our families, you're working on your lasagna, your antipasta right now. Happy Thanksgiving to you. We are live and local in studio at WABC with the great Frank Morano and Chad Lopez. I'm Andrew Giuliani. Now, we've been talking about another guy named Andrew over mm. the last bit, who has been on these uh, airwaves over the last uh, five, six months since his political comeback. And we've talked a whole lot attempted. about Cuomo. Yes, yes, attempted comeback. We've talked a whole lot about Andrew Cuomo potentially running for mayor and what that would look like. Um, I think his unfavorables, as I was saying before, are higher outside of New York City than they are in New York City. I know that you live in my favorite borough, Staten Island, where his unfavorables are through the roof. So maybe you're a little bit skewed from your perspective right. on sure. Staten Island bubble, right there, where they're absolutely sure. through the roof. And you can't go anywhere if you're Andrew Cuomo. But my feeling is, of anywhere in New York State, he is probably most popular, or I should say less unpopular, in let's say Brooklyn and maybe Queens than anywhere else in the state. That's just my my gut, my instinct. I'd love to see some numbers on this to back that out. But that's why I think he's looking at the city and saying, and maybe maybe the answer is running for a congressional seat in New York City somewhere. Maybe that's you know, the But the problem is the the only seat in New York City uh excepting George Santos, which is a special case, but the the only seat in New York City that's currently held by a Republican is Nicole Maliotakis. And that's a seat that I think even Andrew Cuomo recognizes that he would have no chance of uh, winning. I don't see him primarying a a Democrat in the New York City congressional delegation. And, and D'Esposito's seat doesn't actually touch New York City. That right. could be one that he could potentially right. look well, at, which right. is going mean, to be a, no reason he couldn't run for that. A tough too. one there. Sure. But but I think we're just in the clouds anyway because this guy has no. He wants it, to be an executive. Right? The only the only instance in his political career where he demonstrated any sort of humility was uh, between 2002 and 2006. You remember in 2002 he was embarrassed in the governor's race running against Carl McCall. He had a very public. Uh, split from his ex-wife, Kerry Kennedy, mm-hmm. uh, that was tabloid fodder. He had a very, uh, very difficult financial situation that was, or professional situation that was poured out all over the papers. And he demonstrated that he was capable of humility by running in 2006, not for governor again, but for attorney general. And I think a lot of people were surprised at that he had that level of maturity and self-awareness. I think that guy is gone. Yeah, and I think you can see just how tone-deaf he can be sometimes. And I look at the Bill Maher interview that he did just about three, four weeks ago, which was out there promoting Melissa DeRosa's book. Now, think about what he actually resigned for. So, you're promoting Melissa DeRosa's book, right? His secretary to the governor, basically his chief of staff. And what do you do? You give Melissa DeRosa almost no airtime and you take up all the airtime for yourself when you resigned because of these allegations that you were being 
inappropriate to women. It was just a bizarre scenario to me that I was I was kind of surprised. There's, first of all, with that, there's no bigger critic of Andrew Cuomo than me, as yeah. both governor and uh, and as a person, quite frankly. However, I thought he got such a raw deal with that sexual harassment thing. I don't think there was. I, I think that was ridiculous that he that he that that's what they hung him on. I think there were five or six other things they probably could have, and I think this was probably the equivalent of you know taking Al Capone down for tax evasion, yeah, right? In some kind of ways, right? Hey, uh, two issues I got to get your take on because uh, you know about these things. One, a lot of New Yorkers, a lot of people in our extending listening area, which does indeed extend to Canada, are concerned about this uh, bridge blast. So if people, I, I think everybody knows about this at this point. Gnome's been keeping people uh, uh, up to date on this. Two people died after this car exploded against a checkpoint on the U.S.-Canada border. The FBI uh, announced it's treating the incident as a traffic investigation, not a terrorist attack. Governor Hochul said the same thing. Give me your read on this. What was interesting, I can tell you, yesterday I was actually going to uh, uh, where the balloons were being blown up, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day balloons were being blown up with my daughter and me and my mother there with my wife. Uh, and I was in touch with a friend of mine from the NYPD who was updating me on the situation because when we first heard about it, what I had first heard was that it was actually coming into America from Canada and that there potentially were ex- explosives in the vehicle. So the very first reaction was explosives in the vehicle coming actually south from Canada into America, coming into New York, potentially with the target being the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Obviously, we saw that this was just somebody that didn't have explosives in their car, was coming actually from New York up to Canada, there was uh, suspicion that he was actually going to the Kiss concert and was late and was speeding at over 100 miles per hour. Uh, obviously, very bizarre, very happy that it was not a terrorist incident, but bizarre that, uh, and it sounds like the whole thing just basically exploded and incinerated. Mm-hmm. I mean, there weren't even license plates that were available. You time. know what I'd be curious about? Uh, seriously, yeah, yeah. and I'm not trying to uh, play to the cheap seats at all, but... There have been a huge problem. There's been a huge problem of late with these electric vehicles uh, catching on fire. I I don't know what kind of vehicle this was. I don't know if that's been publicly Mm -hmm. reported. I haven't seen it, but I'd be curious if there was if this was an electric vehicle. I don't know. And uh, that's my own ignorance. But it's a big problem. And sorry to cut you off to your point right there, though. I've talked to a couple of friends of mine that are firefighters, and they say the average house fire takes two to 3,000 gallons of water to put out. The average lithium battery car fire takes 80,000 gallons of water. These things just do not go out. They're flammable, and they're really dangerous. And we talk about them being environmentally friendly. It's obviously coming from a political standpoint, not actually the facts on this. You dig into the facts on this stuff, and you realize from an environmental standpoint – if there are disasters, just digging these things up, it's it's a real problem. Well, and the fact that now in New Jersey, according to what Governor Murphy said yesterday, come 2035, all the vehicles are going to have to be electric. So I wonder, one, what kind of stress that's going to put on the electrical grid in New Jersey, and two, what kind of a race in terms of mining the uh, minerals that are necessary to build these batteries this is going to lead to, including trying to scrape the ocean floor internationally to feed this new market where in 12 years everybody in Jersey is going to have to have one of these cars. Yeah, you're absolutely 
absolutely right. And you talk you then talk about the human rights side of this thing. I mean, you think about who's actually digging. That's the child labor that actually goes into this in third world countries. Um, this is this is a situation where you've had the political narrative that has been pushing this, the lobby that has been pushing this, rather than actually looking at the facts of this and saying, okay, is this actually the right thing? Is are the costs worth the mm-hmm. benefits on this? I think the answer at this point is no, yeah. uh, and I just wish there would be a public policy debate where people would ultimately see the facts on both sides. That's why I think it's so important that WABC and others actually present the other side of this, and people can make the determination. 800-848-9222. we got two open phone lines. El Capitan, John Katsimatidis is in the building. Andrew Giuliani here. Chad Lopez here. Frank Morano on sit-in. Friends will continue after traffic straight ahead. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to DigitalDollarReport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Five minutes until 7 o'clock. It's Thanksgiving morning in New York City. Not another city I'd rather be in on Thanksgiving than this one. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. Frank Moreno here, live and local with Andrew Giuliani. Chad Lopez is here as well to keep us honest. And to add a little substance to the style of uh, Andrew and Frank here, our, our boss, John Katsimatidis, has walked in. John, happy Thanksgiving. Well, happy Thanksgiving, guys. And I, I don't know, am I the boss or am I the horse? <laughs> I mean, all right, I'm the lead horse, okay? And uh, we're here, and look, I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to people. You know my, my greatest fun I had last year? Uh, at uh, midnight New Year's Eve. Uh, we had gone to dinner at Avra around the corner at a quarter to 12 at midnight New Year's Eve. Me and Rita and, and Margot came to uh, the studio and from midnight to two o'clock to three o'clock in the morning, we were talking to people worldwide wishing them a happy new year. Now, the technology that exists today on our iPhones, you know, you get the app on your iPhones because the original tele- transistor radio I had had three transistors. This iPhone has 15.2 wow. billion transistors. We're available in 173 countries and 50 states. And you know what that means? That means that wherever you go, you put that iPhone app on your phone, no matter where you go on vacation around the world. And you know something? You can get WABC and stay in touch 
with a New York-based station so you know what the truth is, you know what the heck is going on. And, John, I can tell you, I've, over the last few months, had conversations about WABC with everybody from President Trump, who I know comes on, your show comes on, so many WABC shows, sit in friends in the morning, all the way from President Trump to Lithuanians that are now starting to listen to WABC, because well, this really is an my amazing maid, public square. My maid, uh, that uh, well, my nanny for my daughter that uh, raised my daughter for 32 years, retired, Moved to the Philippines. And she says, boss, boss, you're not available in the Philippines. Guess what? Now we are. We got a lot of Filipinos now listening in the <laughs> Philippines. <laughs> well, and happy American Thanksgiving to our Filipino listeners. Absolutely. Say, Absolutely. You know? <laughs> and uh, I know Sid Rosenberg has a, a, a bunch of people at a, 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 in Australia listening. Oh. Uh, no doubt about it. I would even venture to guess we've got some listeners in uh, the Netherlands. And I'm curious to get both of your take uh, before we uh, hit the top of the hour here on these election results in the in the Netherlands. You have this uh, uh, what's uh, the Freedom Party led by Geert Wilders, which has been described as an anti-Islam populist party they didn't win a majority but uh they won the most seats in this uh parliamentary election in the netherlands a lot of folks are wondering is this a signal that worldwide people are fed up with the migrant issue or the migrant issue fed up worldwide with this whole woke issue uh they somebody is trying to convert america and guess what the hell with them we're not going to allow them. America is America. This is our country. And look, we welcome immigrants, but we want immigrants that are going to love America and respect America and respect our laws, not immigrants that hate America. And that's what the borders are all about, guys. And, John, you said that so well. Spoken that from an immigrant. And that's exactly what he said to the mayor a couple of days ago on your news-breaking interview with the mayor, which is, hey, look, we are a city. We are a country of immigrants. But guess what? There needs to be a system in place so then that way we can protect Ellis those Island. citizens that are here. Ellis Island. Yeah. Uh, my grandparents came from Ellis Island in 20... In, no, 2013. 1913! <laughs> and, and, and then my uncles came through Ellis Island in, in 1930s. Uh, my father, uh, when I said to him, I took him to Ellis Island, I said, look around. He says, what, what? You don't recognize it? No, it's just I came out of Wild Airport. <laughs> uh, John Katzmatini's here with Andrew Giuliani. They're going to continue. I'm off to my mother-in-law's for Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy we'll Thanksgiving. continue straight ahead. Spectacular. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off even by lighting up. Boy. From my friends. The star of the show. Oi! Oi! I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Oy, this oy. is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. Wow. Joining us now at 7 o'clock, it's uh, Curtis Sliwa, and that's your new music. My new music? Well, you, we used to play, they're coming to take you away. That's true. <laughs> they're coming to take me away, oh my, they're coming to take me away. And, and Andrew Giuliani, and uh, this is uh, WABC Radio, Midtown uh, New York, broadcasting worldwide 
on your iPhone and, uh, uh, at, you know, at 77 WABC, 173 countries, 50 states, and uh, the headquarters of the world, New York City. And we're trying to make have New York come and make a good comeback. We need a comeback, Andrew. Well, well, hold on a second, John. You missed Antarctica. You, you haven't no, yet Antarctica. reached, reached <laughs> Antarctica. We're not Antarctica yet. But uh, we are in the rest of the solar system. That is correct. And not just Antarctica, but who's going to be ending this parade coming down Thanksgiving today? It's going to be Santa Claus, and we got to make sure we get up to the North Pole. But, John, you're telling me that Curtis Lewa is not a shrinking violet over here. He likes a little bit of fight. Is that what you're trying to tell us with that Rocky music? Thing? Well, Rocky, he's, Curtis is the best fighter I know. I mean, every night he's in different boroughs. Fighting for New York City. He certainly is. Well, There's last no night I was in our borough of Manhattan with the pleasure of being with so many tourists and so many families. You had mentioned you were out there, Andrew, earlier in the day with your wife, your new child, and your mother-in-law out by the Museum of Natural History where they were pumping up the balloons. And then also they have all... I heard there's blood all over the place. Uh, no, 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 no blood, no blood. It was actually so pleasant. You realize that we take all of this for granted in New York City because we're used to it every year. There are families who plan their whole year out by coming to Thanksgiving in our city in order to see the balloons being pumped up with their children or grandchildren. Yeah, it's a beautiful event, especially for kids. I mean, uh, how old is uh, your, your, your daughter now? She's almost two years old, and I have to tell you, John. Does, does I she have tell pictures. the difference now, Dick? Yeah, she, well, she, no, she's seeing big balloons. She saw some balloons that she loved. She loved the baby shark, the song that's all there. But I got to tell you, I have pictures of myself on my dad's shoulders watching the balloon and to have my daughter on my shoulders yesterday. It is one of these traditions that we do take for granted in New York, and you're absolutely well, right to see the people well, from all around the world that came there. It's beautiful. 30 years ago, well, I say 30, maybe 29, my daughter, we took her to watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and she didn't want to walk back. Yeah. And I had to put her on my back. Yeah. <laughs> and I was 30 years younger. 30 years what? ago. My back hurt for three months. <laughs> John, to your point, my daughter, as we were leaving, kept saying, more balloons, more balloons. She just wanted to see them more and more and more. These kids absolutely Well, let me love tell it. you a story about Anthony, my oldest son. So he desperately wanted to go to the Thanksgiving Day Parade, the annual parade. And when I was a kid, nah, nobody in New York wanted to go to parade. That was for out-of-towners. You know, you stay at home, you saw the first parade, which came from Philadelphia, which was sponsored by their big... Uh, uh, mega store. Then there was one in Detroit, no longer existent. And then there was the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade with Santa Claus at the end. So we could watch it on TV. It was always for the tourists. So Anthony goes, I want to go, I want to go. Okay, we go. There's a woman who says, why don't you have Anthony come up here? You could almost reach out and touch the balloons. So all these people are packed into this apartment on Central Park West. Yeah. And I say, enough of this. Come on, Anthony, let's go downstairs. Well, let's get real close to the balloons from street level. And so he wants to slide down the banister because it's a chrome banister. You know, it's marble uh, uh, marble steps. And he's sliding down, and then he loses his grip, and he goes all the way down, and he falls, and he's crying. And guess who's down there with her child screaming at me, I mean, at the top of her lungs, Brooke Shields, how could you do this, Curtis? Me and my mother, we supported you with the Guardian Angels. Uh, this is abuse of a child. I said, oh, my God, I got to deal with this. Come on, kid. 
Let's go. I'll just rub it. I'll give you a noogie on your head. I'll rub it and you'll be fine. John, only Curtis Lee would have a Thanksgiving story like that, I feel like. I feel like that is vintage Curtis Lee. Well, Curtis, I, I tell you, he's been all over the world. And, and I, I can't believe How many uh, Guardian Angels uh, do you have? Well, we're in 13 countries, 130 cities, and 5,000 internationally, and 500 here in New York City, where we started on February 13th of 1979. I remember my daughter was in South Africa, and uh, uh, she was she missed her airplane, and she was scared. She was at a hotel. She was scared. Uh, she wanted to get another airplane, and I called Curtis. I said, who do we have in South Africa? And he sent over the Guardian Angel. Really? Yeah, Shaw Villawayne, who actually uh, worked True for story. the Cape Town Police Department by day, ran the Guardian Angels at night. Cape Town, the most beautiful city in the world. Because you get both sides. You get the Indian Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, or both coasts. It's like California, but a better version. Except they call it Rape Town. Yeah. All the crimes. That's why we have Guardian Angels there. So it was our pleasure to come to the rescue of the damsel in distress, AJ, uh, and it was good that we were there because it's so beautiful, you get intoxicated by the view and you don't realize yeah. that you could become quite vulnerable to the many criminals who roam the street there. Yeah, to that point, my wife and I were actually thinking about celebrating our honeymoon there, but we ended up seeing that depending on what street you go to, it goes from being a beautiful city it's to like a very city, dangerous you, city. It's like any city, San Francisco or Chicago. I mean, uh, you know, we were talking about... Uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo before, and we're talking about Eric Adams, and and uh, uh, I, I know uh, Curtis uh, has certain feelings about Eric, and uh, Andrew, I think you have certain feelings about the other Andrew, even though your father supported his father. They did. They absolutely did. And, uh, you, know, you, you know, I remind Governor Pataki how he won. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. You know how Governor Pataki you won? <laughs> you got Rudy Giuliani's endorsement of Mario Cuomo. That's, that's what you guys I say gave right there. I your father my airplane yeah. to go upstate to campaign for Mario Cuomo. Yeah. And guess what happens? Yes. Well, John, you know, one of the things that I've always wait, said. Wait, wait. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Every time he would land at one of those uh, uh, at those aircraft locations to do a press conference at an airport, all of the Pataki supporters came out. They were throwing cabbage at your father. Get on that plane, you carpetbagger, you traitor. Your father's endorsement of George Pataki brought out the largest well, Republican vote in the history of the state and guaranteed that we had a great governor for 12 yeah, years. And, and I think and you want to know things, something? Right. George Pataki was a great governor yes. for he was, 12 he years. He did a great job. And I think one of the things from my father's perspective that he was very concerned about at the time, you know, he obviously had somebody who now your best no, friends no, with. No, come on, Andrew. Aldemano. You know, it was, no, just no, no. The, it was just the Italian thing. It wasn't just the Italian thing. It was the thing. Italian well, thing. Well, look, I, I would put it this way, right? Dad was very concerned at the time, it's important to understand the perspective on all this, that George Pataki was going to be owned by Al D'Amato, who I know now is very good friends with Curtis, obviously is somebody who's a regular I, contributor wait, wait, wait. on Cats. <laughs> friends and, and that with was Curtis really again. the current. I know, it's I shocking. I put that deal together. I know, you put, you put it together right there. I will but, tell you what happened. We were at Bobby Vans. Curtis was running for mayor. We were having a, a, a dinner, a lunch. A lunch for uh, yeah, Senator Rand, Rand Paul. Paul. Rand Paul. Right. And, but, and Curtis decided to be courteous. Yes. And come over and shake Aldemato's hand. Yeah. And yeah. then it was the same Love scene. It. Love at second sight, huh? No, no. It was the same scene as Godfather in uh, 
uh, in the movie, and it was uh, uh, Michael Corleone. Right. When the senator walked into his office. Yeah. And he says, and he and he grabs, uh, he grabs uh, Curtis's uh, hand. Right. And won't let go. He's holding on to it. <laughs> and he's starting to put down his other hands on, on his other hand on the, on the, on the table and say, you, you came to my home. You ate my mother's cooking. And then what else did he say? Oh, there? a few F moms in between. <laughs> oh, he, he riddled me and I had to stand there and take it because I had backed your father. Yeah. Not against Pataki. I was with uh, Al D'Amato and Pataki campaigning against your dad and Mario Cuomo. Mm-hmm. But because I always backed up your dad, as right. you know, I call him my Kumbari Cheech. That drove Al D'Amato out of his mind. Well, I- I've got to defend dad a little bit more here, just for a second, because you're right. He did absolutely defend. He, he absolutely endorsed Mario Cuomo. But my father had never forgotten when he was U.S. attorney getting the call from, at the time, Senator D'Amato trying to advocate for a couple of mobsters that were on trial. And because of that, he felt that Pataki might be owned by no, DeMato at the only, time. The, the only thing Pataki that Aldemato was mad at your father about, he's the U.S. senator. Your father became U.S. attorney only for one reason, Aldemato. Well, and I, he goes after Aldemato's brother. Yeah, but look... Wait, wait, wait. There, are we washing our laundry out this morning? And I think. But I think what that shows you is my father hates corruption, whether it's on the Republican side, the Democratic side, and that's why I but admire I think, him so Andrew, much. it shows you in politics there are always strange bedfellows. There now are imagine strange bedfellows. You're that's Eric true. Adams right now. You're wounded. Your your poll numbers are really bad. You got this migrant situation that's gonna it's going to destroy the city, as he said. I think everybody agrees. And no help on the way. Well, and let's, then you... let's, go, let's go back to the reasons. All right? Come on. We've got to tell the truth. That's What What does WABC stand for? Truth, justice, in the American way. No, no, way. no. Always broadcasting courage. <laughs> Get out of here. Truth, justice, in the American <laughs> way. Uh, well, first, Andrew Cuomo. I don't think he intentionally meant to do anything dumb with the... Uh, with, with the uh, with the crisis on uh, COVID, on the COVID, you know nobody's going to intentionally do that. You know we could all we all be Monday morning quarterbacks, and you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done that. And uh, uh, I did call President Trump and suggested the uh, Red Cross trucks, and I'm sure he got other calls from other people too. And they didn't want the COVID patients. On on those uh, ships, they didn't want them. The, uh, the uh, U.S. So naval said, uh, hospital yeah, ship Hope didn't want them. And then I said to them, "Okay, so put regular sick people from the hospitals onto those ships, and let's put the COVID patients in the hospitals." Who, I mean, who didn't who didn't want them? Uh, the uh, admiral uh, that ran the ship, right? Didn't the White House, though, tell them immediately that you know listen to the governor it, at this it, point? I know there was a quick. It, it, it never happened, and. Do we know the exact story minute by minute? No. The truth is no. I don't know the exact story. But that was the scenario that they didn't want the COVID patients on the Red Cross ship. Well, now, just imagine, though, uh, you are Eric Adams now. You're wounded. And you're reading in Vanity Fair that your friend, Andrew Cuomo, is, like, ready to dance on your grave and possibly run in 
and uh, either primary you if you run again, or if there's a special election, if Eric Adams is forced to resign, run in a nonpartisan. Nobody else has said that. Nobody. So imagine every time that Cuomo was in trouble. Remember, Eric Adams got on a stage with him when Cuomo was almost out the door, embraced him. He's had open lunches and dinners with Cuomo. Imagine you are Eric Adams saying, you blankety blank, blank, blank. I'm not even dead in the grave, and you're already dancing take, on my grave. We've got to take a hard break. Well, stay tuned. we got more washing our laundry. This is the washing our laundry hour, and uh, let's take that <laughs> break first. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Well, we're back, and this is uh, John Katsimatidis, Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Giuliani, and we're washing our laundry this morning, telling about all all the crap that went on the last 30, 40 years. <laughs> well, and where were we? No, no we were better talking, day. On were a, we talking about a, Eric Adams or, or, or uh, Andrew Cuomo? I thought we were talking about the Pilgrims and the Wampanoag over here. Yeah, well, no, right? We didn't go that far back. <laughs> we, we have to talk about, though, the blowing up of the balloons, because that's a real positive about New York City. Um, Andrew was there earlier yesterday. I was there last night with Nancy, and then I came back there this morning on my way here to WABC to catch the train underneath. And uh, I took the picture of the panda, <laughs> and you have the picture of the panda. <laughs> and, uh, John, you should be on the float since you're trying well, to bring pandas we had, to Central Park Zoo. We had the event of events uh, at Carnegie Hall. Uh, when was it, Thursday night? No, today's Thursday. Tuesday night. Tuesday, Tuesday night. night. Yeah, 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 Tuesday. And we had 3,000 people in Carnegie Hall, and uh, it was honoring... Uh, uh, Maurice uh, Hank Greenberg, uh, and they ended up honoring me too for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, um, and uh, and uh, it was the Chinese Cultural Foundation, and I used the event and I did talk to the ambassador to talk about pandas all over again. New York City needs help. If we had pandas in New York, I think we'd have ten million. New tourists. What do you think? So, Ten million is about so right. So l- let me ask you. Just, now, yeah. let me finish. Our our, um, our ambassador to, from China in New York is Ambassador Huang, H U A N G, and he was with President Xi in San Francisco. And I te- I texted President uh, or, or Ambassador Huang, asked him to uh, ask the President Xi about uh, uh, pandas for New York. And he and he did. That night, the Daily News printed 
that pandas may be coming to New York. Well, I'll tell you. So there was a leak someplace. John, if you just, in your search engine, put in pandas and in news, you are in three of the top five stories, John Katz and Matidis, about pandas. So this is making international news. Well, you know what I said? And I said right on stage. I was on stage with my daughter and my my wife. 3,000 people looking up. I've never been on, on stage in Carnegie Hall. And I said, how about we have peace with pandas yeah. instead of the generals trying to shoot each other? It's like uh, ping pong, like you know? the ping pong terms, right? Why yeah, do we want like our generals, our generals shooting at each other with the Chinese generals? Right. Let's, have, let's have culture. Let's have, let's have something that's positive instead of shooting at each so other. So let's get into the, some of the sausage-making process of this. Like, I want to know what does China want for these pandas? Do they want some of our pigeons or something like that? What is... What do they want for these pandas, for us to get these pandas? What's what's in the deal-making you know, process? China wants to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And they, they got a phobia of not being accepted. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the same thing as uh, as Putin. And nobody likes Putin. But my opinion, Putin would rather be a member of the European community, even though we don't trust him, than be a partner with China. Now, question. Who would you rather be? Uh, uh, if you were Putin, who would you rather be? A partner with the European community or a partner with China? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean. Well, it, he wanted, he wanted yeah. to be okay. uh, part of NATO. He wanted now, to be part of happened, the European Union. And they said happened, no. They said what no. happened with Cuomo? Cuomo used to have those two hour press conferences. Mm-hmm. And you know what he, his dream was? He's going to run for president in 2024. Mm-hmm. You know where those silver bullets came from to shoot him down mm-hmm. for going to an Italian wedding and kissing people on the cheek, going to an Italian wedding and and, and, and putting his hand on uh, on the back of a, of a woman that came from the White House. I have no doubt about that. Okay. I have no doubt that the White and, House wanted to take and, him out. Wait, let's go to Eric Adams. So we could all we put it all on the table. We're going to wash our laundry. Eric Adams was going to Washington. He was going to Washington to meet with six other, I think mostly black mayors from the other city, to press the president of the United States, Biden, on helping the cities because of the migrant crisis. Guess where Eric Adams' bullets came from? Oh, the FBI, the Biden administration's DOJ. Why don't we just leave it at the White House because they, 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 they make the orders. Now, I realize both of you want to believe that conspiracy stuff, but who has... Wait, 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 wait a second. Who's this is an FBI. FBI. Who has yeah, actually hold, hold talked on. about Turkey a week before they made the hey, raid? John. Me. So I oh, gave wait, wait, you all the I details. Talk, we talked about it last year. Exactly. Here's the thing, though, right? They're not mutually exclusive. Just because the FBI is going after Eric Adams for political reasons doesn't mean that there might not be fire where there's smoke. No, it doesn't mean, look, I'm not saying uh, there might be fire where there's smoke, but for the the mayor of the city of New York, for the FBI to stop the the car detail, to tell his police officers uh, to stand aside, that's never happened. John, yeah, John, that's John. never even, happened. And you know even, what your father said? Uh, 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 you know yes, what your father he's, said? He's if they tried to do that to me yeah. with my my security guards, they would have gotten into it a went, shootout. It wouldn't have happened. John, and you know what? They would have gotten into a shootout. Dad has been supportive 
of Eric Adams in this situation, saying I mean, exactly what you are saying, They could have called them in and say, uh, we have these uh, yeah, charges. Yeah, yeah. Excuse, me, which excuse, right, excuse me, guys. But, uh, they already let his detail know they were going to do that. Mm-hmm. He's got a rat in his detail. You understand? Mm-hmm. You don't just do that. Yeah. All right, guys. He's got a rat in the detail. Before we continue washing our, before we continue washing our laundry, we got another uh, break coming up. Let's take that break, and we'll be right back washing our laundry. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Curtis and Andrew. Well, we got to come up with a nickname for you. I mean, Andrew. I mean, you know. Well, I'm definitely not Andrew Cuomo. It's Andrew Giuliani, right? Andrew Giuliani. Yes. But we got to come up with a nickname for you. I mean, we have, well, we're going to have a contest at WABC for a nickname for Andrew Giuliani. This could be very entertaining. We also might have to bleep out a few of those words that you'll get in in this contest. I'll have to tell you. <laughs> How about the right Andrew? The right Andrew. I like that, Curtis. That's the leader in the clubhouse so Because every time that I hear good. Andrew, I think of Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo. So you may well, have to today, change your name. Today, and Curtis, be respectful. Today is uh, Senator Schumer's birthday. Oh. Happy birthday, Senator Schumer. And I won't ask you to sing happy birthday to you. But you got to be respectful on his birthday. Well, I'll be respectful. <laughs> We're having a parade for him on the, on the Upper West Side, I hear, right? <laughs> oh, that's a Thanksgiving Day parade. <laughs> I guarantee, I mean, uh, Schumer might be in that parade somewhere. <laughs> that's true. He'd definitely be holding a press conference. Now, let me before. ask you a question, John. You've known Schumer a long, years. long time. And I, I'm going to tell you a true story. Yes. Uh, my, uh, I was in my office in the 1980s when Schumer was going to run against the motto. And on the sixth floor office, and I'm sitting there with Congressman Schumer trying to talk him out of running against Alfonso Amato. That's a true story. We were there sitting there for an hour. And um, and he listened to you because he didn't run until the 90s against him. Well, I don't know the exact. Yeah. Uh, the exact, whenever whenever that time he ran against Alfonso okay. Amato. And uh, I guess he didn't listen to me. And, oh, so he but did. he won. Yeah, he did. And uh, you know, uh, uh, Alphonse D'Amato said, and he just got he just got uh, finished getting six billion dollars in reparations for the Jewish uh, population. Mm-hmm. And you know who they voted for? Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer. Yeah. Well, one of the interesting polls that I saw recently is 74% of Jewish Americans, this was taken this weekend, are still supportive of Joe Biden in this administration. Even after giving $10 billion to Iran, 74%. I was talking to President Trump about this on Monday, and he was asking, he said 26% of the vote. Do not waste your time. I tell all Republicans, don't waste your time trying to convert Jews to vote for Republicans. It ain't going to happen. Or blacks. You got to go for the Latinos and Latinas. That's the next big wave. We got the Asians now, look, the Latinos and Latinas. It goes back to the, uh, and I was very vocal about this. 
Judge LaSalle that was supposed to go on, what is it, the Supreme Court of New York State? Mm-hmm. Or was that what, what it's called? Yes, yep. Chief Judge. And, and Chief Judge of the Supreme Court, they screwed him because they didn't think that they'll that he will he will do an honest job. Yep. That, he couldn't they be controlled. They thought he was going to do an honest job. He could not so then be. They, they couldn't control him. Yep. So they said, we're going to shoot you down. Yeah. And who in the, uh, other than Caban now uh, being uh, a police chief or uh, – who has a the Hispanic population is like what seventeen percent? Oh, well, they should easily have. Uh, they have nothing. Well, no statewide, no city. No statewide, no citywide. They're the minority, majority, soon to be the majority. Yeah, and John, to your point and Curtis's point as well. If you look at one of the most recent polls that was just released yesterday with Trump, Trump has made up fifteen points with black voters, and he's made up eleven points with with uh, Latino voters. Since 2020, at this point, well, against listen, Biden, because people listen, are starting to see some that guy, life is not better with, with Biden and all. You know, some guy did a press conference the other day about pandas. Yeah. And some guy <laughs> from this uh, Gothamist uh, uh, newspaper put out that I'm anti uh, immigration, I'm anti white immigration. Yeah, they're, they're a rag. I, I, I mean, the, the last time I looked, 85% of Christini's and D'Agostino's employees are. Hispanic and black. Gothamist is part of the propagandized uh, media. That's what they what, are. What That's are the they? importance of I mean, WABC. What, what, what dumb, That's what they are. They, yeah, what, but they, they also, uh, John, because they, they generally tend to have young journalists who are from other states who have come here to make their bones in journalism. They don't know that you and Carolyn Maloney have been trying to bring pandas here forever when she was the councilwoman for the Upper East Side. That was like her obsession. Congresswoman, not right. councilwoman. I'm sorry. Congresswoman. She was originally a councilwoman <laughs> and then became a uh, congresswoman. And she originally worked for Hannock. Right. And then uh, lost, <laughs> remember, when they merged the districts well, to Gerald Well, your father Nadler. tried to shoot down. <laughs> he's, he's tried to shoot he down He tried everybody. to shoot down because Tony Carbonetti, you want to wash some more laundry? we got plenty of laundry to wash. Right. But, Tony Carbonetti's father, you know, who? Yeah, I'll tell you that story sometime. Maybe the 8 o'clock hour. See, if everybody holds up to 8 o'clock, we'll wash that laundry. But remember, Carolyn Maloney would consistently with John talk about bringing... You weren't born yet. No, I was not. Pandas to the Central Park Zoo, which is a great idea. And for whatever reason, it was always thwarted. So I know she's no longer in office. She's teaching at Hunter, Hunter College. Boy, you had to really make her day when you re-energize that effort to bring pandas. She came to, to uh, Park Carnegie Zoo. Hall that night. Yes, and we recognized her. And the New York posted a whole page uh, the next day on Wednesday, and they used a picture of me a hundred pounds ago, <laughs> and from ten years ago, eight years ago, when uh, we with Carolyn Maloney, me, and who was the third person, and and Hank Greenberg. Yeah. But that picture is like 10 years ago and 100 pounds ago. <laughs> <laughs> so now remember, this all came about because President G took back the pandas that were on loan to American zoos. Right. There's only four left in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Took them, the rest of them all back. Yeah. You know, as part of this uh, uh, this cold war between uh, between the Red Chinese and I'm the United States. I'm trying to States. make peace, guys. I'm trying to make peace. <laughs> uh, 
Let me ask you a question. Does that have anything to do with Panda Express that I see all over the city? <laughs> no, do you no. have any ownership of Panda Express? I have fast no food ownership outlet? of Panda Express, and I understand it's a very wealthy company. It is. I, 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 They're I, everywhere. I, I hope they don't make hamburgers out of pandas. They just want to block away over here. It is the only place opening up new storefronts other than illegal weed shops in the city of New York, Panda <laughs> Express. So i got to figure out. Does you have any connection to that whatsoever, John? There's a rumor no that connection. Senator Schumer is actually having his birthday dinner from Panda Express tonight. That's the rumor. But now let me I ask you, this well, brings me back to Senate. Senator Schumer can find money where there is no money. Oh, he did a great job. You know how many billions of dollars he came up with in the last uh, three months, four months? Ten or $12 billion for the tunnel uh, for uh, the Hudson River? The gateway, the, the, the gateway yep. tunnel. I mean, that's who else gets twelve billion right, dollars from New York that, State? That's my question. And, should... and then they're, they're extending the sub, the second annual subway, another five six. Well, that's billion. a waste. That's a waste. Come on, John. It may be a waste, <laughs> but forty nine other states right, are paying wait, for wait, it. But John, <laughs> well, his very dear friend, forty nine other states are paying for it. That's his, how much of a waste. His it. very dear friend Eric Adams has a tin cup in his hand, and Schumer hasn't even put a nickel in it. How the hell he, he gets money for the Second Avenue subway that nobody needs. If you go up that way, nobody needs that subway line up to 125th Street, the Q train, and it's going to cost billions. How come he hasn't given Eric Adams a nickel, dime, or penny for the migrants? There's something going on there, John. Well, let me tell you something. First of all, I think we should have controls on our borders. I am an immigrant. My grandfathers were immigrants. And... I believe in immigration, but me and my other Italian buddy, Bill Fugazi, mm-hmm. we ran the Ellis Island Foundation, yeah. along with uh, Lee Icoca helped too. And what did we do? We were, we're pro-immigrant, but Ellis Island, people came through. They wanted them to be loyal to the United States of America. If we needed 10,000 carpenters, they would sign up, bring in 10,000 carpenters. If they needed 10,000 bricklayers, bring in 10,000 bricklayers. Loyal to America. You had to, you know, you, 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 I, I was six years old. I came here six months old. I was six years old. I remember going down to wherever it was, the State Department or whatever, and took an oath of, 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 for my citizenship papers. And um, uh, we got to prevent drug dealers. got to prevent uh, terrorists. Now, you know what they're doing? All those South American countries are emptying out their jails, sending them here. Well, you're even getting... They're emptying out... Wait, wait, one more thing. They're emptying out their hospitals. They're telling all the AIDS patients, go to New York, and go to New York, and they'll kill you. Well, well, John, on top of that, about 85% of those recent illegals that have come in, it is estimated, are actually coming from North Africa and coming from the Middle East. Whoa. And many of those believe in Sharia law. Now, we obviously can't get accurate numbers on no, that. We're going to talk that's, about that's Sharia one law. Of the scary parts but let's that. take a break, and we're going to come back after the break and wash our laundry some more. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Well, there's no words to these songs. I mean, I, you know, I enjoy good songs. Oh, there it comes. It finally comes. <laughs> asking you, know, asking you, shall I mean, receive, John, you know? You know, you know he's not, you're not going to replace Cousin Brucey. Don't worry. Uh, here we are washing our laundry in the studio, and uh, Chad Lopez has joined us, too, to, to make sure we, we wash it real good. And uh, Andrew Giuliani, Curtis Lewa. Where were we up to? Whose laundry were we well, washing? Well, uh, I wasn't well, putting any. Well, we up to Aldemar right. or, no, or, or uh, no Schumer. We were at Schumer, so no, no bounty. Rudy Giuliani, no, or, you know. no bounty fabric softener in this laundry. That's for sure. <laughs> but no, we By the were way, only washing Italians. Yeah, that's it. I guess I, I don't I, know. I you, know you, get... about, you know, you're, we're talking about the press. My good press story. I was helping run. Uh, Freddie Farrar's mayoral campaign. Oh my goodness! How did yeah. that work? How did that work out? Very, Freddie Farrar's favorite campaign, and, and 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 what happens? We have a sold out dinner, and it was the night of a hot, big hockey game. Curtis, you must have been there, and 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 there was one table empty, but they paid for it. But they went to the hockey game. All right. New York One is there. They're over there. Busy taking it for 10 minutes, taking a picture of the one empty table. <laughs> and the whole weekend, all they played is that one empty table at Freddie Farrar's for mayor, uh, yeah, you know, dinner. And it was a paid table. They went to the, uh, hockey game, but this is what the media does. And, you know, damn it. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. horrible. We saw this with the Trump rallies all the time. Whenever I was in the White House, you'd see that they would focus maybe on the one part of the stands that was empty, not talking about the fact that a 20,000-seat uh, arena was basically filled. And, and so in terms of actually pushing a narrative, we've seen it time and time and time again. And now you've seen it with this Gotham story that you brought up recently. We've seen it, sadly, on the left. And I think that's unfortunately just going to increase as we get closer and closer to a presidential election. And the chance of a Trump 47 president. Well, I'll tell you a story about Joe Biden. So I'm in Davenport, Iowa. It's when Barack Obama was coming into focus. He was running in the caucuses of Iowa. He was down the road. He had 4,000 people in a high school gymnasium packed to the rafters. I was in a library talking to 70 people about the Guardian Angels organizing there. Joe Biden was down the road talking to seven people. <laughs> because remember, everybody is in Iowa joined the caucuses, and they were all in the same towns. Uh, when your father was running, uh, I joined him in Fort Dodge, where President Trump just had a rally. Mm -hmm. In the middle of a squall, a snowstorm, uh, your father came in with seven aides. I had about 14 guardian angels there. And there were two people who showed up in the snowstorm. Yeah. So it just shows you. Even though you pull a very small crowd in a place where you would assume that's it, this guy is out forever. This guy, Joe Biden, who had seven people in Davenport and dropped out of the race because he lost the caucuses miserably. And Barack Obama went on to become president and then obviously picked Joe Biden as vice president, is now president of the United mm -hmm. States. So the lesson... Never give up. Yeah, well, even never in 2020, give up. what, did Biden finish fourth or fifth in Iowa? I mean, he's never been very popular in Iowa. It's only South Carolina that and James Claiborne that ended up saving the guy. The that black was vote. Saved the yes. black vote. They knew Absolutely. if you get the black vote, you could beat Trump. Yeah. And none of the other uh, candidates in the Democratic uh, Party lineup, including Giggles Harris, yeah. uh, 
who was eviscerated by the lady in white, remember, on that stage, uh, Tulsi Gabbard in Detroit. That was the end of her uh, campaign, that he was the only one who could get the black vote. And they were absolutely correct in that. And, you know, if you go back to that, one of the big things that I think really the people that did not want Biden in the Democratic Party wanted was Elizabeth Warren to drop out because they felt like she was pulling votes from Bernie Sanders. To bring it to present day, Bernie Sanders just yesterday had an op-ed in the New York Times talking about how there is so much humanitarian need in Gaza right now. He never mentions the fact that Hamas needs to be eradicated. One of the beautiful things that I heard on your Tuesday show, Cats and Cosby, John, was Alan Dershowitz talking about how America needs to make sure that we say we do not negotiate with terrorists. That includes hostages because you'd have less people taken. Look, you don't have a heart if you don't look at these hostages and feel bad for them. But you don't have a brain if you think that Hamas is not going to be doing well, everything they can to take all of this humanitarian aid in this pause and, and, and actually hour, stock back up. When we come back, Chad Lopez in the house, obviously, uh, Capo di Tutti of all bosses, uh, John Katsimatidis, Andrew uh, uh, Giuliani, and yours truly. We're busy washing laundry and telling old war stories. How right. do we say Capo de Tutte in Greek, by the way, John? You know, that's what I don't want to know. The next hour we'll figure that out. Well, I'll have to tell you a story of two of our listeners. Their observations about what's going on in Gaza and in Israel. And it's going to throw you for a loop. Yeah. Well, These are people who listen truth, regularly. If you want to know the truth, I will tell you the truth in the next hour. Okay, let's take that break. And when we come back, we got more laundry to wash. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Be just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see. Oh, I love that song. Finally, you play a song that I love. I mean, you know, I'm here with uh, Andrew Giuliani, who's Italian. Me, I'm only 28% Italian. John Katzman, Curtis Sliwa, the good 28. And Chad Lopez, uh, with a name like Lopez, you represent the Hispanic community. That's correct, the Venezuelans and the Chinese. Yeah. Are you for the pro? Are you pro panda? Yes, All right. absolutely. Well, it's the only reason I'm we'll in today. We'll have you go, go to the meeting with uh, 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 President Xi. Yes, yes. Uh, well, we're back. We're busy washing laundry, and um, what, what, what? Let me let me give you some. To? Let me give you some bad news. Uh, if this happens today, this will really be a black eye for New York City. You believe it? That at 11 o'clock today, the DSA, from the river to the sea, let Palestine be free, may try to interrupt the annual Thanksgiving Day parade. I thought really? they, I believe that. I thought they were going to do it to the New York City Marathon. They left it alone. They, it's, it's running wild now, and I have two people who actually are part of the DSA. They're infiltrators who said that they're planning to meet up in the city at about 11 o'clock and try to stop the parade. Now, let's see if they actually do it. Maybe maybe a wiser minds will prevail. And also, if you're going to interrupt the parade, 11 o'clock, the parade is almost over. Can they not get up early enough 
to get up at 8.30, no. 9 o'clock? No, they're young the people. Come it's on. like the de Blasio effect, Andrew, right? You, you used to be young. too early They party till the break of dawn, right? <laughs> number two. Just stay out all night then. Number two, I met two of our hardcore listeners yesterday as I was heading back to the uh, our apartment on the Upper West Side. One, a Puerto Rican on the corner from where we broadcast. I had a long 10-minute conversation. He was ridiculing us, and why, why are you all so pro-Israel? Why are you, Curtis? You're so pro-Israel. And I, you always let the people talk. And eventually they say, oh, you're that way because you have to be that way. I said, what are you talking about? They won't let you take the other position. I said, nobody there at our station ever tells me what I can or can't do as long as I don't get the station in trouble. I said, well, you know, the Jews, they control the media. So it took 10 minutes for that to come out. And he was sincere. He really meant it. And he listens to us. I said, well, our owner operator, the last time I looked was Greek Orthodox, was not Jewish, <laughs> John Katsimatidis. And then he says to me, without missing a beat, oh, but they control John. <laughs> now, that's number Nobody one. Nobody controls John. Then that's I right. take the six train up to 86. I'm going to take the Crosstown bus to where we live. And a guy pulls up in a cab. He's a Peruvian cab driver. All the gentlemen, he has WABC on. He's listening to WABC. He goes, Curtis, I, I don't understand. You know, everybody on that station is so pro-Israel. I said, well, that's that's our opinions. And he goes, I, I try other stations that are pro-Israel too. You see how strong the Jews are? I said, well, what do you mean how strong they are? They control what you say. Now, I know you don't want to admit it, Curtis, but if, if you took the other position, they'd get rid of you. I said, do you really believe that? Yeah, there is a prevailing opinion out there that Jews control the world, they own all the real estate, they control all media. For years, people thought Rupert Murdoch was Jewish until people had to straighten him out. He was born and raised a Catholic in Australia. That's one of the bedrocks of anti-Semitism. And really, if you look at the birth of socialism, right, I mean, you go back 200 years, one of the first things that they realized was they needed to make sure that they uprooted as many Jews as possible from the world because they knew how much their yeah. faith was a threat to socialism well, in general. Guys, uh, right now calling in from uh, the streets of New York, from Christides, we have uh, uh, Joe Parisi, the president of Christides and D'Agostino, to give us, a, give us a report. What the heck is going on in the supermarkets? Did we sell out of turkeys? Good morning, John. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Andrew, Chad, and Curtis. Happy, you know, happy Thanksgiving. No, we're not out of turkeys, and uh, there's plenty of turkeys. Listen, I know there's a lot of last-minute customers that said, oh, God, I didn't buy this. We're open today. All 29 of our locations throughout Manhattan are all open today. We're actually open later than most of our competition. So we're open till 5, all our locations. So please, go to our stores. Listen, we have fresh turkey, so if you forgot the turkey, you forgot the breast, you forgot turkey parts. Uh, fresh there. turkeys, are they still alive? Yeah, no, we, we, we just killed them. You know? <laughs> they just got killed. This kill her, week, so kill listen. her. Yeah, so they're fresh. So listen, pies. We were going to get a turkey, stuff. by the way. We were going to pardon the turkey on uh, on Wednesday. I love that. But I, I, I have pictures. We're, from, we're doing that next year. And David, David Patterson had a few out. pardon slips <laughs> left over <laughs> from, from the time he was governor. He had a few pardon slips left over. Now, let me ask you, Joe, for all the men out there who are married and miserable, are they buying <laughs> capons, castrated roosters instead of turkeys? There, there's some of those people out there, Curtis. You know, and then you got these people that want to buy, like, the, the duckins and all that other stuff. Buy a turkey. 
You know, let's uh, keep tradition. A lot of people are changing tradition. There's people buying hams. Well, i got to work the 5 o'clock show today. I can't have turkey. You know why? It puts me to sleep. Yeah, tryptophan, tryptophan. But, but Joe, I used to work supermarkets, so I, I know the routine when you approach the holidays. Nobody buys fruitcake until Thanksgiving hits and cranberry sauce in the cans, right? All of a sudden, there's no room for cranberry sauce on the shelf with cans. Uh, uh, are people actually continuing in that tradition? So there, there's a there's a group of people that are continuing that. Listen, we've sold a lot of cranberry sauce this week. We sold a lot of the fruit. There's people that believe in continuing the old family tradition. You know, listen, my Italian tradition, I'll have it on my table. So I, I believe there's that group, and then there's the younger group that's uh, changing a little bit, and they're doing different things, changing their diets. But listen, Thanksgiving is about tradition. It's about, you know, thanking everything that happened the year for yourself and, and trying to help others. That's what Thanksgiving well, is Joe, to me. Joe, go back to work. Make sure you sell the rest of the turkeys. Thank you for calling in, and uh, yeah. God bless you, and God bless America, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Joe. Yeah, thank you, you guys. And now, uh, listen, big call out. Thank you to all the Christides and D'Agostino people that are out there today servicing our customers. So happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Well, what other laundry we got to wash? Chad Lopez, you coming up on any laundry? <laughs> no, I'm going to keep my mouth shut okay. for this round, yeah. <laughs> Venezuela, where you're from. Venezuela has the dirtiest oh, oh, oil. Oh, of course. There's the a lot of dirty oil I've ever seen. <laughs> and they're all here now in New York City. <laughs> exactly. You could be king of the Venezuelans here, Chad. 40% of the illegals who've come in here, who are staying at the Milford Plaza because of, uh, at our expense, who have health care now, iPhones, smartphones, uh, plasma TVs in their room, uh, PlayStations, everything that a normal citizen doesn't get, courtesy of us, the sucker taxpayers, 40% of Venezuelans. And as you said, John, Maduro, who took over for Hugo Chavez, Maduro was just a bus driver who was a follower of uh, Chavez, and he did exactly what Castro did in 1980 uh, when Jimmy Carter was president. Jimmy Carter said, oh, send me your tired, your poor uh, your dissidents, because 10,000 people had gone over the wall at the Peruvian embassy in Havana, and uh, Castro said, oh, you, you want to leave? Good. I'm going to clear out my jails, my mental asylums. I'm going to get rid of all the young men who might pose a threat to me. And there was Jimmy Carter welcoming them in Florida, 80,000. And they went on a rampage throughout the country. Do you know that uh, Bill Clinton was the governor of Arkansas, and he was working his way up the ladder, very young. And Jimmy Carter picks up the phone, Bill, I need you to do me a favor. Could you store the um, the Mariolitos at the fort there uh, in outside of Little Rock, Arkansas, because we, we, we haven't figured out what to do with them? Absolutely anything with, for you, Jimmy. He was They were there for two two weeks, and they burnt the fort down. Uh, every two years, there was an election for governor. He got voted yeah. out of office, Bill Clinton. He came back as Mr. Moderate, Mr. Law and Order. But you see, and this could be the uh, story for Eric Adams, you accept the illegals, you accept uh -huh. the migrants. Guess what? It could cause your election prospects to disappear. Remember, and who has well, been New saying Yorkers, New Yorkers are very, very annoyed right now. Yeah. And uh, you said it, Curtis. I mean, uh, we're not taking care of the New York poor. 
Why are we taking care of people from Central America before we take care of the New York poor? And I would even say that's, and, the, and the New York vets that are homeless. The right. vets, I would also say that's going to working class as well. I mean, you mentioned this with your conversation with the mayor at the very end. I thought it was one of the best parts of the whole interview when you talked about implementing congestion pricing now at a time that New York is trying to come back and what that would actually do to those working class New Yorkers Crazy. that are trying to come into the city to work every single day. And Frank Morano mentioned this on the six o'clock hour when I was with him. This is not just a matter of, hey, you know what? It's, you know, the people that are well off. It would take him two and a half hours to get to work and every single day back if he was going to take mass oh, transit. There are a lot of places in the yeah. city you can't do that. Because he doesn't have uh, mass transit exactly. as easy. Where he's exactly. Exactly. And I'll, give you a, I'll give you a case. Uh, we've been covering it on the shows that I do. A uh, 22-year-old, nine-month pregnant woman, Yolanda Mendoza, is living in the streets of Coney Island, a black block away from Nathan's Famous, out there in the open. The guardian angels have been taking care of her. She had to go to the hospital. So I told her, Say you're Venezuelan. Do not admit that you're an American citizen. Because you're an American citizen. You get ugats. You get bubkis. You get ugats. Right. Tell them, because your name is Mendoza, you speak Spanish, you're Venezuelan. Guess what? They took her into the hospital. She was having palpitations. But then they released her. She's living out in the streets on Thanksgiving, nine months pregnant. She's American, as you and me. No no room in in, in uh, in the inn for you if you're an American. Only if you're an illegal. What's going on with uh, Floyd Bennett Field? Well, that's at an impasse. Uh, I had problems out there. As you know, I and Sid, we co-hosted rallies. We attracted thousands of people on the Brooklyn and the Queens side. And a lot of people out there, you know, the officials, they, they don't understand the concept of demonstrations. When they bring women and children in, don't demonstrate. The optics are horrible. Nobody wants to say no to women and children. So I had to convince him, no, don't don't be out there demonstrating. Let's hold the fire. So far, there are about maybe 200 families in four different tents. They're so far in the back of Floyd Bennett Field, you, you can't even notice them. If they bring in single, able-bodied young men, which I think Eric Adams eventually will say, look, I tried to bring in women and children, but the illegal aid is going to court. They're blocking me from doing that. Then we engage again in uh, nonviolent civil disobedience to block that. But so far, if you notice, it's at an impasse. It's quiet. So I've always told the politicians and the lawyers, stay in your lanes and let me lead the rebels and pick the right time and the right place to try to block them. But you don't do it for women and children because it's mostly white people here. Unlike Chicago, it's mostly black people who are protesting the illegal aliens being given, uh, you know, migrant facilities to live in. I said, the optics tell the story. Just like in Palestine, the Palestinians are showing pictures of women and children. That's how they're getting world opinion on their side. They're not showing, you know, members of Hamas or Islamic Jihad or Fatah. They're showing the women and children, the women wailing over some of their dead children. You don't protest when it's women and children. The optics are horrible. Women that Hamas uses as human shields that sets up their military complexes by hospitals to make sure that they are in the crossfire. Right, but you Mm -hmm. see the optics. Mm -hmm. I mean, the average person looking at that uh, is going to see a mother crying over her child and going to say, enough, enough. And, in fact, that's why Bibi uh, has had such a hard time now with his own population is the 
parents and the relatives of all the hostages. Remember, they marched all the way from Tel Aviv to his residence. And I think that's why he made the decision to swap uh, uh, the uh, the Islamic Jihad and uh, Hamas prisoners for women and children who are being held by Hamas, which is the ruling government. It's yeah. not just a terrorist organization. It's the ruling government of Gaza. Yeah, and to the optics perspective, every time that I've walked by the Roosevelt Hotel, and I'll do it every few times that I come to the studio because I want to see what the situation is, every single time you see women and children out front, and it pulls at your heartstrings. Yeah. It's by design. Well, we're going to take another break, and then when we come back, we've got a lot more great stories to tell. Let's, uh, let's take that break. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Well, that's a beautiful song. Is that Tony Orlando's song? Is that him singing that one? That's your guy, Tony Orlando without Dawn, as and I call don't him. Forget, don't forget, Tony is a greek rican That's right. 50% Greek, 50% Puerto Rican. And, and he, he's a real good guy. You know, he really cares about people. He cares about our vets. He cares about... He, he is a real philanthropic guy. Oh, let's... Dirty laundry time, right? So I hate the Beatles. With a passion. As long as you're not talking about Dawn. Right. I hate the Beatles with a passion. So, Tony Orlando is trying to get Paul McCartney on, which is not easy. He almost never does interviews. So, Tony had just finished doing uh, playing all the different Beatles songs, and he passes on to me, to the break of dawn, 12 midnight to 6 in the morning. I say, you know, I, I always look forward to listening to Tony. He plays such good mu- music, but he played the Beatles. He, I, I, I'm really in a bad mood. He called up John. Oh my God! He he had to have a peace summit between me and Tony Orlando. We've known Another each other for years. Another peace summit. Curtis, First there... was Al D'Amato, then it was Tony Orlando. <laughs> oh yeah, he said you have jeopardized my ability to get Paul McCartney on. Yeah, I said, I know I'm popular, but you know McCartney lives in the Hamptons, and we have the FM station WLIR. But I don't think Paul was listening to me overnight. He might have been listening to me and then listened to you trash the Beatles. You know, Curtis, I thought the Giuliani's and myself included had it, had it enemies. But, I mean, you make us look like diplomats with all the Oh, John has had to settle more scores with me and my enemies than you could ever imagine. And you see, you take, he takes e- pride even in, in his Cuba. chest is up here. It looks like, looks like a beautiful Thanksgiving turkey <laughs> you would get at Christine's. His chest is pointed sky high with pride. In Cuba, we're, we're, we're in the room. Room uh, with Castro coming in. Curtis is wearing his uh, red beret. Castro comes in with all his guys wearing a gray beret. <laughs> and Castro, staring at Curtis, turns to his lieutenant and says, Is he one of us? Yeah. It <laughs> really happened. Really? And I was broadcasting wow. back. When, when was this, Circa? Oh, this. Oh, 2000. We opened up the Greek Orthodox Church in uh, Havana. What was it, 2004? Yeah. Really? And I went over there to broadcast. Were you born yet? I was in 2004, okay. but did, not mature yet. Did the, not old, mature yet. the old WABC, you can actually go to YouTube and see Curtis Lee in Havana. I taught the kids how to play stickball. But I also advocated death to Fidel Castro while I was there. 
from the streets from the streets of Havana. I said, Curtis, and then you're in the and then you're in the room with him. Yes. Well, you're saying death to Castro. Then you get in the room with the guy. No, I didn't Sounds... say it in the room. No, I know. I'm but not still, that crazy. But still, the fact that their team would have you still in the room with him, did they know who he you were, a, what he, you were no, doing? He was a guest. He was a guest. He was part of the delegation. Right. That's wow. right. And John has been there many times. I'll never forget we were on the plane, your plane. We were on the tarmac in Tampa, St. Petersburg. And I was calling Tom Ridge, the Homeland Security mm-hmm. Secretary. Yeah, the they would first. not allow the plane to go to Cuba. You had Charlie Rango on the line, Jose Serrano. You pulled every you know, string. You know, you know who got the uh, airplane to get to Cuba? Who's that? Well, Father Alex uh, was uh, there with Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro cleared the airplane himself. He, he cleared it himself? He cleared it himself. Wow. And we uh, we took off from Miami and went to to, to uh, Havana and uh, that's well, great how we got to Havana. Wow, what a story! This great is. experience. I, this is incredible. If how long Cuba were you if Cuba ever opens up to America as it should, nobody's going to want to go anywhere else in the Caribbean or West Indies or Florida. They're all going to want to go to Cuba. It is a scene from a movie. In the fifties, it really it's is. Still, it's still like the fifties. Yeah. How how much of the population lives in poverty right now in Cuba? Well, the average salary was like uh, I think it was uh, thirty dollars a month. Wow. And and but you get everything for free. It's it's a different kind of economy. But the doctors only made like forty dollars. That's right. And everything is rationed. And by the way, the KGB of uh, of Havana. There was one guy in charge of every building, one guy in charge of every block, and if they if they heard anything, they had to report. Yeah, it's called the Committee for the Defense of the Revolution, rats, yeah. and they write it in a book and they bring it to the police and then they pick it up. That's how I got picked up looking for our program director well, we back then. We were looking for Phil Boyce up in the mountains. Exactly. Well, we'll his know. wife, Phil Boyce's wife, was calling three times. Where's Phil? Where's Phil? <laughs> now that's so, some dirty laundry. So, <laughs> what are the chances that Cuba becomes the 179th country that broadcasts 77 WABC? I can that, arrange we'll it. Yeah, get it done. I got to talk to Father Alex. He'll arrange it. I'll tell you, if you could get that done, that is, then you're talking that about is a the free pearl press. of the Caribbean. Right. The pearl. And those people, 90 miles away, all they want to do is talk baseball. They love baseball. And they love America. Oh, yeah. If given the opportunity, you open up Cuba, I mean, that is going to be the place that everybody's going to want to go. Well, you can see just how much it swung Florida, right? It turned Florida from purple state to now what's been a very solid red state over the last couple of cycles. And you have to say that starts right with the, with, uh, with the Cubans and looking at the threat of socialism in our country. They By the know way, what that socialism and communism Cubans, means. The guy they're they're was, trying to change our way of life in the United States. Yeah. Where where it's coming from, it's coming from all over the place. Speaking of people in defense of Cubans and anti-Castro, nobody is more anti-Castro in the Democratic Party than Bobby Menendez. We touched on it briefly, Goldbar, Bobby Menendez. Are both of you still believing that he was raided where they took all the money out of his customized jackets and the gold bars because he stood up to Biden this time and Barack now, Obama now, the now, last now, time? Now, let me straighten one thing out. So for all the people, you know, we stand for the truth. For all the people that uh, stand for the truth, uh, you say gold bars. There's such a thing as people at weddings give one ounce or half an ounce gold bars. 
So or a quarter of ounce gold bars. And they advertise it for weddings. So what's a quarter ounce gold bar? It's $500. So what, what was the last gift you gave at a wedding? Uh, it wasn't no gold bars. <laughs> I'd have to take the gold out of my feelings. I think the gift would be the, uh, his lawyer's, uh, exactly. uh card. The boots to say, when you're done with this, here's the, here's my I lawyer's try, card. Uh, John, for your divorce. I try to avoid going to weddings. It brings back bad memories. <laughs> I really do. John, for me, I'm so suspicious of the FBI for a bunch of reasons, feel right? Obviously, it's personal. Weddings, I love weddings. I love going to weddings. Right. I, more, I had the best more opportunity for me. <laughs> I had the best wedding with Nancy, the keeper, upstate New York in the heat of the July sun. Cows were upstairs, and we were in a canyon uh, underground, not far from Albany. It was the best. She had her relatives there. I didn't have people, you know, meandering about. Oh, that was the absolute best. Well, well, Curtis, to the FBI and to what we were talking about there before, the reason why I'm so suspicious of this FBI is the F- this is the same FBI that has called parents that have wanted to speak out at school boards domestic terrorists. It's the same FBI yeah, but that hid the Hunter Biden laptop. Andrew, ask your father. Yes. 99.99% of the FBI are good, hardworking, patriotic Americans. But they're getting orders but, from the seventh floor of D.C., which but, has been infected by cancer recently. But when the politicians have their own set of people that uh, from the FBI with FBI badges yeah. that say, okay, they report directly to the seventh floor. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement 100%. And I don't think they're necessarily mutually exclusive. So to Curtis's point... Doesn't mean that I don't think Menendez has some real major issues on his hands. It sounds like it does. I well, do you think know, the we still live it, in the United States of America. Hey, absolutely, as a and you're guilty to your proven. Uh, you're innocent to your proven guilty. Yeah. Not according, you know, to newspapers where if you're the front page of a paper, you're 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 guilty until you prove yourself innocent. You know, there's a great right. story about Bobby Menendez when he was on trial the first time, and it was a hung jury in Newark. He would not conduct a press conference until Dominic Carter got there. He would actually tell, where's Dominic? Where's Dominic? That's when he was a reporter and he had a lot of influence. So everybody would say, why do we have to wait for Dominic Carter? Because Dominic Carter uh, did the best pieces about Bobby Menendez because he had known Bobby Menendez for years. He was smart, Bobby Menendez. I want Dominic Carter, who everybody knows, to do the piece. The rest of you guys and gals, you'll do your piece. And he would hold up the press conference until Dominic Carter got Really? There. Yeah, he'd well, actually say, where's Dominic? Sorry, guys and gals. we got to wait till Dominic Carter gets here. <laughs> let's let's take a break again, and we can come back, and, well, we got even hotter stories for you. Stay tuned. <laughs> Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. It's been a Oh, no, the Beatles. Oh, my God. Although, working like a dog. Hey, wait, wait, be careful. Paul McCarthy might be listening. That's right. Oh, Tony Orlando without Dawn will be upset. I'm listening to Curtis. But you you want to listen today at 12 noon. We're doing our annual family day, Nancy and I, 12 to 1. And we're going to talk about the dog problem, the disease that is spreading uh, throughout the canine community in America. It's a virus. There is no cure at this point. There are no pharmaceutical products that can uh, cure it. So Nancy will give an update. And also we'll be announcing that our animal welfare show, the people here, uh, Sunday nights, 10 to 11, it's the final show I do for the week. 
well, now uh, John Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez are going to be uh, syndicating it across World, the nation. Worldwide. Wow. Yes. yes. Wow. 173 countries, 50 states. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And, and everybody loves animals. That's right. Everybody. And we're kicking that off with John bringing the pandas to New York. That's and, right. Uh, and pardon in Turkey. And I'm bringing the bamboo. <laughs> because remember, they eat bamboo. Not not the not the rolling paper. Yeah, you say bamboo to a youngster, they think it's rolling paper. You no. Know, they eat bamboo. When I was in the White House, that was always one of my favorite days whenever President Trump would pardon the turkeys. And the thing that was amazing was the rooms, the suites that these turkeys got at the Willard was unbelievable. Better than any hotel that I've ever stayed at in my life. These turkeys are treated well, so they, well when they get there. We were going to pardon. You yeah. want to know the whole story? Yeah. <laughs> we were going to pardon the turkey. WABC was going to pardon the turkey on Wednesday. Chad ran around. Uh, Angelo, Angelo, Angelo Vivolo yeah. ran around <laughs> trying to find a turkey to pardon. Tough to find one in Manhattan, huh? We couldn't find, <laughs> a, we couldn't one. find yeah. a turkey We go to Christini's, but they had another problem. I even called Vito Fasella. Another on the island. And he's got thousands of turkeys. Wild turkeys all over Highland Boulevard, Seaview Avenue. Once we pardon the turkey, what do we do with them? Uh, and believe it or not, it's hard to find a live turkey around Thanksgiving. <laughs> and it's hard to find a place to, to pardon them, too. Yeah, that's true. Those turkeys, if I remember, they get pardoned yes. by the president. They end up going to a farm somewhere yeah, it's the on legal. the West Coast or it's, something it's, like that. It's a legitimate, like, it's yeah, a legal yeah, yeah. thing that you absolutely. have to do. When the president says you're pardoned, that's, that's absolutely it. Actually, you know, we were talking a little bit about this during the break, but I think it's appropriate today talking a little bit about a history of Thanksgiving, when you think about how Thanksgiving was named a federal holiday, obviously we all know about the pilgrims and the Wampanoag Indians, the har- harvest celebrating that. But the Are you fact- a historian now? Mm, I don't know. It matters <laughs> who you talk to. If you talk to my wife, she'll say I'm anything but a historian. But when you think about the fact that Thanksgiving was created during the Civil War at a time when America was more at odds, I know we always talk about how at odds we are today, how at odds we were in the 1960s, but the fact that Thanksgiving was created during the Civil War to give those not just in the North, but in the South, an opportunity to look and understand what this American experiment was all about. I think it's very important at a time when we politically have our differences today for all Americans to take a look and say the greatness of America is far better than whatever small flaws we may have. Great. Yeah, I think Great. most people, they have no idea that it was created as a result of uh, – us being in the throes of a civil war, you're absolutely correct. Imagine both sides killing, slaughtering. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, we talk about what's happening over in the Middle East now in Gaza. Yeah, Sherman, General Sherman, you see his statue right outside of the Plaza Hotel, the entrance to uh, Central Park uh, off of um, Fifth Avenue. He burned everything right through Georgia to the sea, burned everything. And then once the war was over said, guys, we got some work to do in Charleston, South Carolina, (laughs) and started to bombard Charleston, South Carolina. His own guy said, no, no, the war's over. (laughs) The war's over. (laughs) I mean, you talk about pillaging, you talk about rapes and burning down. That was a a point in American history in which there was such anger. Well, the Macy's Parade is starting, and don't don't turn off your radio. Uh, How do do you say it, uh, Curtis? Don't turn off your radio. Nope. Listen to us. You can turn on your TV set. 
Watch the parade. They don't have anything intelligent to say. Just watch the parade. <laughs> that's exactly what my daughter and wife are doing. They're and listening no, that's to us. What I do. And, and they're gaining IQ points the, as they're watching the, the parade as well on, on television. The TV's on, on, but the radio's on, too. That's right. That's exactly right. Because you gain IQ by listening to John and to Chad and to yeah. myself. I don't know about Curtis, but we'll give him the credit <laughs> as well here on 77 WABC. Live and local on a Thanksgiving, by the way. Truly amazing. If you're getting ready to stretch for your, I don't know, backyard game or Curtis, I guess for you it would be your, uh, your street game, basically, <laughs> a football here because you don't want to pull a hamstring. Uh, you know, still listen to us because uh, this is really uh, what we're and bringing. The only you. person mad at Macy's was my friend I went to Brooklyn Tech with, Arthur Piccolo from the Bowling Green Association, and and he says Macy's refused to have the bull, the, the Wall Street bull in the parade. Really? Yes. When? Wh- why was this? What's the backstory behind that? That's fascinating. They well, just refuse to have the bull. They don't have the bull. The Chinese. I said, that, is that a lot of bull? Or yeah, that it is a lot of bull. You know, the Chinese, <laughs> when they come here, because Chinese tourism is uh, off the roof, they want to rub the bull's uh, culions, huevos, <laughs> for good luck. And so that it's a different color. Right? Is exactly. that like your dog it's a different color. sniffing yes. each other's back? Yes. <laughs> See, dogs sniffing each other's tuchuses are now leading to a disease that's ravaging canines across America. So you may have to muzzle them for more than just bites and barking, but to keep their schnauts out of another dog's tuchus. You have really taken this segment full circle with exactly. animal welfare into and you're rubbing the bull. you to be talking bowl, about that at new time today. Yes. And new also, time today, we have a special on WABC. It's Nancy and Curtis talking about your dog. Right. What, what is the dog population, let's say, in New York City? A zillion. Or the state? A zillion. Yeah, it's Huge. really. Huge. Yeah. And uh, l- last night when we got there after you were there with your family to watch the pumping up of the balloons outside of the Museum of Natural History, you saw people coming there with their children and grandchildren, and they would have like two, three dogs with them, yeah. all kinds of dogs. So people love dogs. Mm-hmm. They love cats. Obviously, you rarely see somebody walking a cat around with a leash. It has happened. I have actually seen that. But it's a real, the amount of money that people spend on animal products, animal food, now vets, care, even animal psychiatrists shrinks. It's like off the charts. They take care of the animals in their families better than a lot of their own family members. In fact, they'd much rather deal with their, their cats or dogs or other animals than uh, family members who are coming over for Thanksgiving that they'd love to put into a closet. <laughs> you know, I, I've talked about this with my wife. What's the right age for my daughter to start having a dog? Because we, we want her to have a dog. We both were dog owners. We love dogs. My little no, dog. The, the, What's the, the, the right number age? one, What's my the... wife will not allow me to have a dog or a cat anymore. Why not? I'm all by myself. It's just me. <laughs> I mean, you know. And, and, and uh, what the right age is, I would say any age. A dog or a cat, but yeah. the problem with the dog is, who's going to walk him? It's going to be me. 100% Okay, be me. I mean, you know, week. it's a pain in the neck yeah. versus cats. Yeah, cats, they kind of take you, care of themselves, you right? You actually almost leave them alone for three days. Right. So would you classify you yourself, know? John, as more of a cat guy or a dog guy? I love them both. Love them both, yeah. I love them both. And I remember when, when my cat uh, uh, collapsed in front of Margo, Margo gave him... Mouth to mouth resuscitation, wow. trying to get him alive. Wow. wow. 
And She's, twenty and twenty five thousand dollars later at the Animal Veterans uh, Hospital on sixty third Street was sixty right by New the York FDR Avenue. Drive right yeah. by FDR twenty five thousand dollars later they couldn't bring him back. Mm. Uh, well, Margot really is. I mean, she was just she would. Do, I mean, to do that for it's a probably cat, why she doesn't want to get it. She loved that cat, and that cat loved her. Right. Yeah. And it was my daughter's original cat. Mm. But it's probably why she doesn't want a cat again, because it brings back the memories. A lot of people oftentimes, if they lose a family friend, like a dog or a cat, they never want to replace it because it reminds them of mm-hmm. their friend that is no longer here. Although I always suggest, no, no, go out and get a replacement, especially in the shelters. There's so many dogs and cats that are available for people. And if, if you don't go and adopt them, you know, if you're capable of doing that, they're going to eventually get euthanized or destroyed. And these are healthy animals that want a home of their own. A lot of people sacrifice their animal to animal care and control and don't realize that they could eventually be euthanized. Yeah. You know, they think, oh, they're going to find them a home of their own. They're going to adopt them out or foster them out. It doesn't always work out that way. Think twice before you uh, sacrifice your dog or cat or other animal to animal care and control. Yeah. Cur- Curtis, I have a serious question for you because... You know, uh, one of the questions that I've gotten the most about you and the people that maybe don't know you but have listened to you on the air is a lot of times they view you as the cat person because of all the cats that you have taken in. You have such a, and I think was one of the things that might not always come across on radio with the bravado, but you have such a brilliant strategic political mind. How, if you... Or maybe potentially planning on running again. How do you fight against those well, people let's, that, let's, let, that wait, say that you are a cat answer, person? Curtis, let's take a break. Ah, and let's, and the right side. after the break, we're going to find out what the heck is Curtis going to do. And uh, let's take that break. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Well, we're back. We got uh, Hats, Curtis, and Andrew Giuliani. It's great to be with you guys. And on Chad Thanksgiving. Is, uh, is here uh, uh, overseeing everything. And uh, and guys, uh, what are we up to? Who's whose laundry are we washing now? Well, that's up to you guys. I mean, I, <laughs> I can just tell you that uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about one of the things that. I know you didn't get the time to talk to Eric Adams about last time, but it's one of the things, and maybe the next interview you will, about the bike lanes here in New York. What's going on with that from the mayoral standpoint? By the way, I understand some woman accused Eric Adams of something. It was the New York Post breaking news right now Uh from 2015. What, she just thought about it eight years later? uh, Well, if you notice, because uh, Kathy Hochul extended for a full year the opportunity of men, women, children, whomever – to file civil suits, remember, civil suit, for sexual violation, you see there's a whole slew because by the end of this week, you can't do it any longer. So um, that's uh, why you've seen the stuff with really? I uh, didn't know that. Jamie yeah. Foxx. You saw it with a few others recently that have been coming out. Well, you Axel saw the Rose, big ones, right? Sean Puff, Daddy Combs. Yeah. Uh, the most vile, vile um um, accusations. He had Benjamin Branfman in the morning, top lawyers say, we're going to fight this. And then eight hours later, settled, yeah. <laughs> settled. So there's a lot of men out there worrying right. 
because uh, uh, Co- uh, Kathy Hochul opened it up. What's the statute of limitations now? Statute of limitation is the end of this week. That's it. So how long many years? Oh, you can go back 40, 50 years. And, John, this actually goes back to 1993, so this is 30 years But you know who this was done? This allegation, 1993. Eric Adams accused of sexually assaulting a woman in 1993 in legal file. But remember. She just thought about it now? I mean, 30 years later? But remember, this was all because. I mean, that that is dumb. That is. uh, Kathy Hochul did this because of the accusation that was made against Donald Trump. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember, where supposedly he helped this woman go up there and burgled off to try on some clothes. The most ridiculous story I ever heard in my life. Well, she was hoping she buy, she uh, he would buy it for her. Yeah, but <laughs> I guess we need him buy it for in her. In the changing room, in the changing room, it, it's so ridiculous. ridiculous. But the absurd. point is, Hochul extended that to allow that case to be heard. So it all stems from that. It all stems from that. There are a lot of guys well, out there nervous. I think there's got to be nervous. Look, there's got to be common sense in everything. And, and right now, we're going through a period of time in the United States of America where there's very little common sense. And uh, what I will do is tell all guys out there if you're worried. And I said it on the radio years ago when I was doing morning well, drive Sid, at the old Sid station. Rosenberg the other day uh, started announcing. Well, if you need a lawyer for a divorce. To talk to my wife. If you need a lawyer for uh, to get out of jail, talk to uh, Arthur, Arthur somebody. Arthur, uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and if you need a lawyer for, uh, but, I mean, is there? Does he get a fifteen percent referral so. fee? But John, is there fifteen percent referral fee on the radio? Right? You know? On the radio, you realize we would have never have heard about Monica Lewinsky. The next if, time you get what's his name on uh, with, uh, with 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 Sid. And he needs a new sports coat. He brings on what's his name? Um, Arthur, uh, uh, I, yeah, Joseph 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 He needs right, a new sports coat. Remember, we only learned about Monica Lewinsky because Bill Clinton did not settle with Paula Jones. That's how that all came about. Hillary would not let him settle. His advisors were and saying, Monica, "Settle, yeah. settle." Good point. Good point. Yep. Yep. And, uh, Hillary said, no, we're not settling with that trail of trash. And you know the rest of the studies. That's how we learned about the blue dress. That's how we learned about Monica Lewinsky. Maybe the and worst And one of my best decision. friends at the time, Bill Clinton's uh, uh, lawyers, uh, Bernie Nussbaum, that woman that turned everything in was his secretary. Yeah. Wow. Man. Yep. Think of that. If he didn't do that, we might never have learned about listen, Monica Lewinsky. Fascinating. And, and listen, the, the world stops because of sex. The world was laughing at us. Mm-hmm. The and world then, was laughing wait, at us. wait, it got even more sublime I mean, and ridiculous. This is in, in France and in, 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 in all those European countries, that's uh, that's uh, part of the... Uh... Yeah, it's definitely... But remember yeah, the next yeah. step. They had Abe Hirschfeld, a crazy guy, business guy... Settle with Paula Jones. He had a press conference, a big check for like, you know, X millions of dollars. The check bounced. The check bounced. I mean, you say to yourself, please, please. That reminds me. We have Jim McGreevy. He's running now for mayor of Jersey City. He said he resigned as governor because he was a gay American. Baloney. They were trying to put together a $5 million slush fund to bribe Golan Sapel to go away and not tell the story. $5 million. Wow. So if they had put that together, we might never have seen Jim McGreevy resign. So it's all about what I call hush, hush, mush, mush. People putting money together. 
trying to make problems go away. And they probably would have been best to settle it instead of fight it. I wonder if well, sexual guys, assault. Let's, let's stand by. Make sure you don't turn off the radio. Please. Nobody turn in the radio. Otherwise, I'm going to get Curtis to come see you. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Don't turn off the radio. You can watch the parade on television, but keep your radio on. And uh, let's take that break. And when we come back, we have another great hour to go. Giving thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy, you're my best friend. Boy. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June. I said that's life. That's life. Well. I'll tell you, we all, you know, he can work with Cousin Lucy. You're getting better at this music stuff. Yeah, you eliminated the Beatles, so perfect. You made my day there, Diego. Well, we're back. We're back, and uh, we, uh, uh, well, we got a lot of great questions. I mean, we, we have we washed enough laundry yet? No, uh, no, no, never, no, no. Right. Especially we, we, on Thanksgiving, right? Okay, we need to inspire we, let's those Thanksgiving tables that are going to be yelling at each other by the and end of this sure, evening. By but, the way, nobody hang up. That's right. I mean, we've got <laughs> WABC Radio broadcasting 173 countries, 50 states. If you're going to turn on the Thanksgiving Day Parade, leave your, leave your TV on silent, watch the parade, but... Listen to the radio, WABC Radio. Don't hang up on us. That's right. They've got nothing good to say. That That's exactly what my daughter is doing. She's listening to us right now. I love you, Grace. Happy Thanksgiving. And she's watching the balloons on Look, TV. And let me tell you something. The, this group here you're listening to, ladies and gentlemen, with Chad Lopez, Andrew Giuliani, John Katsimatidis, you're truly Curtis Lee. Well, we know where all the bones are buried and who buried them. That's why we can tell you what kind of laundry products to use. <laughs> We know how to deal with dirty laundry. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't yes. played that song, Dirty Laundry. But it's okay. It's okay. But, Curtis, we can't forget to thank all of those callers and our loyal listeners that keep calling in this morning and thanking us for being live and local yes. this morning. Yeah. So thank you to all of you guys. Yeah, remember, there was a tradition for a long time, including at the old WABC before John and Margot and Red Apple Media rescued us and Chad led the charge uh, in terms of giving us CPR is that they forget it. Weekends were dead. It was a mortuary, a morgue. We had hosts that would take eight weeks off a year and then put an intern in charge to do best of, worst of. And (laughs) there was a time at the old WABC, John, because I look at the analytics, I look at the ratings. We were equal to WFUV, the college radio station, at Fordham University in the Bronx, which is a very good radio station. They produced a lot of great individuals who've gone on to excel. But we were at the level of a college radio station. 
It couldn't have gotten any worse than that. I know we started this show off today looking for a nickname for me, but if anything, I'd love to offer one for WABC. This is the Great American Public Square. That's what this is, the Great American well, Public you Square. Spend it. World. We almost it's won the global the, square. Yeah, you're right. We almost won the award for the most iconic radio station in the country. Yeah. Almost. We Almost. were robbed. Uh, we were robbed. We were There's robbed. no other way. We were robbed. We, now, we, we got to for out of there. Andrew, you yeah. asked me about my interview with Eric Adams yes. before. The one question I forgot to ask, I asked them, most all of them, these bicycles, mm-hmm. they're out of control. Yeah. They go up the wrong way. They go down the wrong way uh, on streets. People, I'm more scared about getting hit by a bicycle than by a truck. Yeah. Whenever I'm pushing my daughter in the stroller, I'm looking just as much for those bicycles as I am for those and cars. And you've got to look both scary. ways. Because if Absolutely. you don't look both ways, they're going to kill you. Yeah. John, I just it, looked it up. They said 168 people were hit, by p- pedestrians hit last year. And the numbers aren't in yet. Well, uh, and there are others but, who, who yeah. didn't even file, like me. I got hit by one. Remember when Nancy had lost her sight? She was blind for a few days. Thanks to Dr. Mikolos, he got her into the best specialist at Columbia Presbyterian, where, thank God, John... You're a tremendous philanthropist and donor. It's going to keep us all alive. And so I was escorting her to another doctor's appointment on the east side. We were taking the Crosstown bus at 86. And this woman on one of these e-bikes was coming right towards Nancy. I took the brunt of it. I mean, I took a shot. I wouldn't go down because I didn't want to see <laughs> let people see me go down. I feel it to this day. It rattled my bones. The woman couldn't be more apologetic. Well, let me but it was going something. too fast. What, Way what, too fast. I, the answer is, if I was mayor or if you were mayor, or if, or, right. you know what the answer is? If they're, if they're not obeying the lights and they're not and they're going the wrong way on Take the streets, it. guess what? Yeah. They confiscate the damn bike. Well, that's right. right. You're, you're endangering lives. But it's yeah. not just like a car would be if yeah. they're running red lights. By the way, it's not just bicycles. It's, it's, it's the mopeds. It's, and it's the. Oh boy, you're the, very, the you're very the, defensive, the Chad. Everybody needs in. to know that even though Chad Lopez <laughs> is this big executive, this big marker, no, he has no. a bicycle. That's right. He That's is right. part of those the bicycle. Now yeah. the difference is it an electric is, bicycle or just a regular bicycle? It's assisted. So it is a little bit of okay. electric. Yeah. yeah, but I think how fast does it go? Sorry, uh, twenty miles an hour. Twenty miles. It an hour. should. If you have a bicycle, it should be a pedal bicycle. Because, again, mm-hmm. the whole idea of being out there on a bicycle is you pedal it. Yeah. But these e-bikes, wrong. Sorry. I agree. All right, we talked about Eric Adams. We talked about Andrew. Let's talk about New Jersey. I really got annoyed yesterday. You know, uh, I've had Governor Murphy on uh, the, the, the show, and I, I, I tried to like him, and I, you know, I did like him. Yeah. But Like what he's doing with congestion pricing? He's yes, fighting that? Yes, but in this I case, had him on, and... Uh, but yesterday, he passes, I don't know, did the law pass? He wants to have all electric cars by 2035. I think Is he signed. out of his mind? I think, I think it's signed. I think that's absolutely he right. He must be out of his mind. And Curtis made... All New Jersey listeners, and we got a ton of them. I think 40% of our listeners are New Jersey. Per capita, per person, Somebody the majority. tell Governor uh, Murphy that he must be out of his mind. Curtis, you, you mentioned this before. You, you believe that this is 100% political to pave the way for his wife's Senate. Oh, run. absolutely. Is that right? And this is what, remember, when Bill Clinton uh, released the members uh, of uh, 
the Puerto Rican Liberational Group, F-A-L-N. That was done to help Hillary, who was running in a Senate race, to get the Puerto Rican electorate. I believe this was done to help his wife, Murphy, who's going to be running against Mendendez. Well, let me tell you something. Then the, the one thing that uh, I, I when I talked to uh, Senate uh, to Governor Murphy was the whales. Well, I said, "Stop killing our whales with these uh, uh, turbines." The windmills, the, the windmills, mm-hmm. and the windmill company. Before they went broke, they they walked away, and hopefully they'll they'll, they'll save the whales will get saved. And New York hasn't done anything yet about having the uh, windmill. Same thing. Same thing off the south shore of Long Island. All the windmills said. Yeah. We don't, we don't need windmills. They add an infinitesimal amount of energy to the system, and they create havoc with our environmental system. All right. So to be clear, this is a rule. This has not been signed. It's not been passed law. It seems like Murphy wants to introduce this uh, to the state well, legislature to do it. This is bad. be World War... Yeah. Don't you know? WABC will declare World War Three on New Jersey if they try to pass the uh, EVs. Now you know what I've said publicly. I said don't give uh, EVs uh, uh, subsidies. And the Toyota chairman. I'm going to make EVs. I'm going to make gas cars. I'm going to make uh, uh, diesel cars. I'm going to make uh, what, what do you call it? Hyper. Uh, uh, cars, hybrid, hybrid, hy- hy- hybrid cars. Right. Let the customer decide. Why force it down people's throats? We're coming up on a break. I don't know. Somebody's yelling at me from the control booth. <laughs> Is he coming up on a break? Two minutes? Two minutes? We've got two minutes. Do we have two minutes of stuff to talk about between the four of us here? I think we can find two minutes of stuff to talk well, about. Between I mean, the four of us. But what a great Thanksgiving it uh, is. He says yeah, we can really. break now. So that way you can think about it. Okay. Yeah, but think about it, Don't turn off your radio. Right. Don't turn. Otherwise, I'm going to send Curtis to see you. Don't turn off your radio. If you're watching the parade, just watch the parade. Turn off the volume on your television set. And we'll be right back with Curtis and no Kubi. Oh, yeah. God. Am I smart? That's scary. We need Andrew Giuliani is Kubi. Don't Andrew, call me Kubi. Yeah. I'm not Kubi. Andrew yeah. Giuliani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad Lopez and John Katsimatidis. Let's take that break and we'll be right back. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. You like that song we got, Curtis? Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, there's breaking news in Qatar. The first group of hostages will be turned over today at 9 a.m. East Coast time on Friday. Apparently, 13 women and children to begin uh, the process of So, in other words, instead of doing 10 a day, are they doing 13 a day to make up for the five days? Well, the first wave. They're doing 50 over four days, so 12 to 13 a day, and then basically what Israel extended to them was every 10 more you release, the pause will last another day. So it's 
50 a day for 50 total for four days, and then it becomes 10 a day. So they'll go out and take more prisoners. Well, that's one of the things I think that you talked about so well on your five o'clock show with Alan Dershowitz. It was a great point. I mean, everybody to, to, to listen what really, really is going on under President Trump. Iran had a budget of 400,000 barrels a day mm-hmm. at $50 a barrel. Mm-hmm. So they could hardly feed their own people. And now? Now President Biden has taken it up to 3.5 million barrels a day. Yeah. And they're making, because it's $100 a barrel now or close to it, uh, Iran is making $2 billion a week. Yeah. And they're using that two billion a week to go to to fund terrorism, uh, Hamas in in Gaza, uh, and uh, they're funding uh, Hezbollah, Hezbollah in, in Lebanon. Lebanon, and the new and the new people, the from Yemen, the Houthis, uh, that just took Houthis, uh, Houthis, 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 uh, in uh, uh, Yemen that took over the Israeli ship. So, who's funding? You know. When President Biden closed down the pipeline and closed down production in the United States, you know who it's funding? It's funding Russia. Russia. It's funding Russia in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. It's funding Iran for funding all the uh, terrorist people. It's funding uh, the whole the whole world. And you know you know who's getting poorer? The American people. The American poor are getting poorer, and the American middle class is getting poorer because we moved a trillion dollars worth of wealth mm-hmm. from North America. Guess to what? To the OPEC nations? Yeah. They're buying new uh, corporate 757s or 767s yeah. uh, to Russia, China, whatever. We just moved wealth. I mean, on whose side – is President Biden not? Well, well, that's the question I've had, and I've opined about this myself. But, John, what do you think the ultimate motivation, then, is of the Biden administration to take that wealth from the United States of America and sadly I, I give think, it to, to I, enemies I would, of Western look, civilization, which there, is really... There's a, there, What's the there's motivation? There's two things. Either they're dumber than dog crap. Okay. Okay? And don't they don't realize what it is. Somebody says, why was John... Kerry at the meeting with uh, uh, President yeah. Biden or uh, with uh, President Xi. Either they're dumber than dog crap and they don't understand the world economy. And what happened was when the price of oil went up and created inflation, well, the uh, uh, Fed chairman raised interest rates to 500 basis points, in other words, five points, destroyed the real estate markets. Destroyed the construction markets. The union laborers lost jobs because construction is down. And the banks are worried about their own existence. And if they keep raising interest rates, forget about it. Yeah. Now, my prediction, 2024, Democrats are very, very smart people. Mm-hmm. They know how to outmaneuver the GOP guys day and night. So what's their plan for 2024? We have breaking news. Wait a minute, he fell asleep in the control book. <laughs> so what, what are the Democrats going to do in 2024, in my opinion? No breaking news? What the, he doesn't know where the button is. 
Uh, breaking news. All right, so well, I'll, take, okay, I'll take an Andrew Giuliani breaking news. <laughs> Uh, what uh, what they what I think they're gonna do? They're gonna make sure interest rates go down mm-hmm. a lot, and they're gonna make sure oil prices go down. And they're down to seventy five this morning. So all of a sudden, Bidenomics works. It's working. Yeah, you and see the market go up past forty thousand. You know, people can get buy houses again. And they're gonna con. The American people that Bidenomics works, mm-hmm. and you know that's you know what racism is. Racism is when you go against people that don't know what's really going on in the economy, and using that against them. But you forget to mention the hammer that the Democrats are going to use. They always use is the abortion issue. Republicans well, uh, are their own worst told, enemy I on that. When I ran for mayor in 2013, I said it's up to the woman. Up to her uh, family doctor, and up to up to her family. I mean, you can't control the entire world. Listen, I was in the I was in the uh, uh, room uh, the uh, where Margot gave birth, uh, both cesarean, and I believe in life. I believe I I love life, but you can't control the entire world. Yeah, I, I think on the Republican R- side, Republicans. I- I, the only way you, you look, can do the right thing for America is by being on the inside looking out, not on the outside looking in. Look, the moral position of life, which I've publicly stated I am morally, right? Yes. You have to understand that politically it is tough to win elections in so many of these places if you are completely against a woman's right to choose early on. Now, I do think Republicans can be better at looking at saying, hey, look, late-term abortion, this is something that's arcane. No, we can wrong, understand right? that. And, and that's but, where but, you need to have but, the messaging. But the, but the but Democrats a- use it against you. My wife, from born in Indiana, she is right of Attila the Hun. But if you try to impose abortion, she'd vote Democratic. Yeah, and let me mention, uh, Judge Thomas didn't do the Republicans any favor in the aftermath of rolling back Roe v. Wade, saying, well, you know, maybe we'll come after marital contraceptives and gay marriage. Is he out of his freaking mind? And you would guarantee Republicans would lose right across hey, the let board. Me tell you let You're going to take back when it marital comes... contraceptives? You're going to consider that a crime? Are you nuts? And by the way, how come he didn't mention uh, interracial marriage? How come he didn't mention that? Oh, come on. You know. Well, no, no. But the point is, should have kept his mouth shut. Is this going to be now, used against thing, Republicans? The other re- the reason that I've given on the 5 o'clock show, there was no red wave. You know why there was no red yeah, wave? no. I, I, one yeah. was abortion. You know what the second one was? What's that? President Biden stands up, and he knew he couldn't do it, and promises 26 million students that they're going to get a $10,000 refund. Yeah. How do you think those students voted? Mm-hmm. That's exactly okay. right. How do you think those $10,000, I'm going to vote you know, yep. for a teller to hunt? John, just look to Georgia. Just look to well, Georgia. Well, they were promised $2,600 refund. That's right. And, and guess what? Joe Biden delivered. And uh, uh, what's his name? Our uh, uh, majority leader. Um Minority. McConnell. Yeah. McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Says, oh, no way am I going to give you uh, $2,600. Which way did the uh, Republican uh, uh, Georgians vote? Yeah, they're trying to buy votes of young people. And they did. And, and, and Trump made, yeah, they did. Yeah, Trump, Trump made the very, very clear point. He said, when we were talking about this two, in 2019. Two turkeys in every pot. 
Vote for me, <laughs> and I will give you two turkeys for free. I will make sure Gristini's delivers two turkeys to your home. So how do you combat that, then? How do you, you combat can. that, right? You can. That's, that's, that's racism. Biggest. You're lying. You're lying to the people uh, that don't understand what the law really is. Nancy Pelosi stood up and said, oh, the president is not allowed to do that. That's an act of Congress to uh, to uh, forgive student debt. So everybody, so she said it. It's 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 not. It's an act of Congress. Uh, Joe Biden lied to everybody. Mm-hmm. Guess what? He he. Racism when you lie to the people that don't know the law and don't know how to treat the law. Well, look at uh, New Jersey. A simple thing like uh, property tax rebates. The governor signs the checks when you get a rebate, and I say to the people out there, "That's your money." It's not coming from the state. They held your money in an account and accured the interest, and then right before an election, they write out a check and they sign it, whoever the governor is, like, I'm Santa Claus, and it applies to renters too, not just homeowners. And people are like, oh, look, the governor gave me money. No, that's your money. Mm -hmm. But people don't see it that way. You can blind them by saying you're Santa Claus, and that happens time and time again. Yeah. So if you're going to win elections... You have to understand that going into the elections. What is your policy going to be? Because if it's all over the map, the Democrats are going to clearly get the women's vote. And, you know, guys, they always talk a lot. And, oh, guys, I'm going to vote. How many times have gone into households? The guy's talking all the nonsense. I say, did you vote? Oh, what? Election day passed? Then you look at the wife, all quiet there. Yeah, I voted. Hey, what were the numbers in just this past election? How many New Yorkers ended up voting in the 2023 election? Seven, when your, 7% When your vote dismal. could have mattered more than any time because you knew that it was going to be a low turnout election. We talked about this. And many of our listeners out there did go vote. They did call their friends. They did volunteer and all that. But for those that didn't. I mean, shame on you. You should be out there voting. The number number one uh, problem we have is apathy and indifference. And when you talk to people who only vote in the presidential elections, they'll tell you, why should I bother voting? They're all crooks. That's what they tell me time and, hey, not for nothing, Sliwa, but now that you're a politician, you're a crook, too. (laughs) They'll tell you straight to your face. Yeah, I heard that as well. Yes. I've heard that as well. That's the biggest problem we face is apathy and indifference in off-year elections. Mm-hmm. Presidential well, election, you know, everybody you know comes out. Right? At one of the parties in, uh, in the Hamptons, I was sitting next to the former prime minister of Australia, and he's currently the ambassador in Washington, and I, I, I'm going to bring him on the show. Uh, and you know what, what Australia does? Everybody has to vote, otherwise you pay a fine. And they get like 94% voting. John, you will never get a Republican elected ever again if that were the laws. The majority of the people would vote Democrat. Majority of the people. The poorer they are, uh, the more likely that they're not as hip, uh, not as sophisticated in terms of voting. If they all come to the ballot box and vote, you'll never see a re- you'll never see a Republican. Well, that's specifically in New York City. You think no, that's, that's no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. But we're in, not in a cities, democracy. We're a, a republic, and that's what they're they're trying to get rid of is election by popular vote. And uh, when you vote for president, it's by electoral college mm-hmm. by state. You want all these college students voting, please, John? Think about what you're saying now. Or maybe we can make them smarter by giving them, 
But Wait till they get older. That's when they start voting and they have property and equity and they start saying, hey, this is well, going to cost what, me what money. What's the old expression? When, when you're young, if, you don't, if you're not a Democrat, you don't, don't have, have a, heart. a heart. Yeah, if you're not a liberal, you don't have a heart. If, yeah, when you get older, if you're not a, if you're, if you're not a, a Republican, a conservative Republican, yeah, then you have no mind. You don't have a brain. That's Speaking right. of Central Park, your very dear friend Andrew Stein learned that the hard way. He was a hardcore liberal progressive until he got mugged in Central Park right <laughs> off of Fifth <laughs> Avenue. Right. <laughs> then all of a sudden, like everyone else, you get mugged one time, you get robbed one time. Now all of a sudden you start hey, those police are pretty good, order. actually. I exactly. like those cops. Exactly. I want some of them around right there. By the way, that was very smart of Eric Adams to actually walk that back in terms of cutting out the next five police academy classes. I know you covered it on your twelve o'clock show. Damage done though. But it Damage was bad. is done. It was I mean it's it's a it's such a bad no, one of the things that you said, John, what 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 do you do to save New York? Public safety, public safety. And when you think about the size of the classes People that graduated after 2001, right, you're talking about the biggest police academy classes that are now starting to retire from the NYPD. We're going to have a police officer deficit. Whether or not we have these academy classes or not, taking them away would be a complete disaster. And all these tourists that you see right here, that are here for Thanksgiving, won't be coming next year. Well, we're going to take a break. Are we due for another break? Okay, we're going to take a break. Don't hang up. Uh, Curtis will come see you. Don't hang up your radio. You can watch your television set. You can watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but don't hang up your radio. And we'll be right back. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Friends. No dancing, no dancing in the studio, okay, guys? You know? I'll, t- I'll tell you, if you see me starting to dance here, then we're going to clear everybody out of this place because I got two left feet, that's for sure. Well, unless you get on top of the uh, desk. <laughs> uh, well, we're back. We're down. Oh, my God, we're down to our last 18 minutes. What are people going to do without us it's, on Thanksgiving morning? I don't know. It is flown by. It's absolutely flown by. And I got to tell you, John, really a great job here with WABC, really being such a great public square here, even on Thanksgiving, a place where everybody can go and listen to the best talk radio in the country. I tell you, Curtis, I mean... uh... Live and local, and the fact that you're getting that Mama Luke Frank Morano to work and not take a day off is great. (laughs) How many times I scream about that? Curtis, you'd rather tank his marriage and make sure that he nah, he'll that's, be that's fine. it. That's, oh, that's he'll your be motivation. Fine. Trust me. You, your motivation. You're getting a cut of all of no, these no, no, attorneys no. that are doing divorce. I have this conversation with our colleagues here all the time. I say, you're doing what? You're taking off? Oh, I want best of. No, best of is worst of. I didn't like it the first time I listened to the program. Why are you going to Well, that's why WABC <laughs> is number one, Okay. I mean, uh, lazy people, guess what? They're falling behind. <laughs> exactly. And you got to be live and local. That's how you become king of the hill. Remember, we were so far down the hill that we were almost uh, in the scrap heap. 
you got to understand, the old cumulus that owned us, they took out the country station. They took out WPLJ iconic call letters in FM radio. And we were next on the chopping block. We were like that famous scene at the end of Braveheart. When Mel Gibson is being impaled, they were ready to impale us. Oh, that's a, and then John came along, that's a thought. saved us, brought over Chad, and then began the the, the tremendous uh, rise well, from the dead. Well, I've got to say, for anybody who's listened who has read your book, John, how far do you want to go? And if you haven't, you've got to make sure you do read it. The truth is, what you talk way, about in terms you, you of the get work an autographed copy. From WABCRadio.com, you go to the bookstore, and you can get an autographed copy. And after you read it, if it's, if the copy is autographed, you can probably get double the price that mm-hmm. you paid for it at eBay. But that work ethic that you talk about in How Far Do You Want to Go, you show that here every single day at yeah. WABC. You, you demand of your host, but it's nothing that you don't demand of yourself. And you can see why you were so uberly successful. Curtis, you have a great work ethic. Why were you successful? What the heck? What's uh, the matter with you? I'm still looking for that success, <laughs> although I'll tell you a side story. Uh, seven Wives Later. <laughs> Is that the name of your seven. new book coming out, Seven Wives Later? No, Nancy's the only one. That's right, so. the keeper. The, yeah. the last the keeper. one. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> years before John actually pulled the trigger and bought WABC and saved us, he had come into WABC with his engineer. Remember you laid out the schematics? You said, Curtis, uh, I want you to look at these maps here. I want you to tell me uh, the reach of WABC. He wasn't able to buy it then, but he didn't He didn't forget. He came back years later and saved it. We were gone. Well, yeah. the CNN people should know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. CNN. Absolutely. Nobody watches CNN anymore. Nobody watches. They are, t- are they fourth now in terms of the actual ratings from, like, news well, in terms of the new uh, right now, third, I, fourth. I, I don't know, but four hundred thousand. Look, the reality is, four hundred thousand people watch CNN. Uh, that's that's it's a drop, drop, it's a drop. It is. You know, uh, still yeah. ABC, CBS, and NBC still have uh, the broadcasters still have a large percentage, ten, twelve, fourteen million people, and when CNN only has four hundred thousand, yeah. what do you call it? Chump change? Is yeah. that yeah. what you say? We, we used to talk about that yeah. in the White House, where because everybody in D.C. was all up in arms about what MSNBC and CNN would say. And you look oh, at their less ratings, people you say, watch MSNBC. You're ta- you're ta- Nobody watches You're it. talking about less than, two, at the time, two million people here that you're getting all up in arms of. you got to go make sure you're doing regional media. you got to make sure you're talking to radio. Yeah. Very important, because that's how you're going to get your message out. And by the way... That's how conservatives are actually going to be able to get their message out when you have most of a mainstream media that seems to be extremely against it. We, we can say what we want about these these networks. It's, it really is. And it, you're, you're right. You're all right. And, John, it, you don't just talk the talk. You walk the walk, right? And we and you do it. You do it. And, and it's hard work. And it doesn't – whoever buys CNN or what's going on with these big broadcasters – they have to want to work. They have to have the work ethic and sure. put it in and put them, make the people and the, work. The other thing no is, one wants to do that. Talk radio should not be a replay of talk TV. If you want to watch talk TV, you watch the same story being repeated eight times a day in the same way. Talk radio is totally different. And uh, I tell our colleagues all the time, it's like, if you keep acting like you want to be on talk TV, you're going to be, you're not going to be good in talk radio. It's a whole different medium. And those that are good understand that. If you want to be talk TV, why should I listen to the radio when I can just turn on the TV and watch talk TV? It's a lot easier and then fall asleep while I'm watching it on the sofa. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I have to say this, and I speak on behalf of the staff, the talent, and everyone here, John, and you and Margo. Uh, thank you for letting us do radio and do it the way it should be done. And thank you for your work ethic and everything and your belief in us and in radio. So well, that's what we're thankful for. This Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And, and, and happy Thanksgiving to all. And, and the most important thing, tell the truth. Yeah. That's, that's all. I only yeah. got upset at one guy uh, that was on, was it with you, Curtis? That wasn't really telling the truth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You and I, I ran yeah. in on a Saturday. Yeah. And I was really upset. Oh, yes. Because he twisted the truth. Oh, it was Chris Hunt. <laughs> he twisted the truth. I'll never forget and, that. And he's a very nice guy. <laughs> you ran in, and I realized, yeah. keep quiet. Uh, Boss is upset. Uh, he didn't like what Chris said. <laughs> and Chris couldn't uh, just shut up and listen to what a guy who's in the oil business knows about the business as opposed to... The Chris Hahn, who well, doesn't even have enough hair to put was, olive oil in his hair. But, but the, but the, uh, the way he didn't tell the truth yeah. is at the beginning of uh, Donald Trump's uh, uh, era, uh, during his four years, okay, the, he produced X amount of oil, whatever it was, 11.5 million barrels a day, 12 million. I forget what the number was. And at the end, the last day of his term before uh, Joe Biden came in, he was producing 13.1 million barrels a day. So the way that Chris twisted the truth, and I like Chris as a person, he's a decent person. The way he twisted the truth, the average over Donald Trump's uh, period was 12 million barrels a day. The average. So you started right. with, uh, at zero just about. And, and, and that's really twisting the truth. Sure. Instead of saying it's 13.1 at the end of well, the John, you were, Let's take a break and we're going to have 10 minutes of news left after that. This is Positively Ernie. Now, here's Ernie Anastas. Okay, I'm following stories in the news and what people are talking about with a positive viewpoint. Here's a story that I think affects a lot of people. That I'm talking about job security in the age of artificial intelligence. How can you protect or advance your career with these new and fast-moving trends? Well, let's talk to Mike Topa, who's a business and workplace expert. Hey, Mike, should people learn to just work with artificial intelligence instead of against it? Absolutely. It, it changes the hardest thing for all of us to accept. Uh, it's a continual evolution in the workplace, but mm. we need to become students of the game. And by that, I mean we should be continually studying and using these as tools to improve. It, it's actually a way to make our jobs easier. Mm -hmm. Well, there are a lot of jobs that are at risk. Maybe you can mention some of them and how you can prepare yourself to AI-proof your career. There are a lot of jobs that will be at risk, as with any technology. And I like to use the example of just uh, uh, Microsoft Office, not pitching Office. It's not necessarily AI, but if you look at the evolution of what it's done through just Excel and where things were mainly done on spreadsheets, and the automation actually helps people. So there are steps that people can take to uh, AI-proof their career, right? Yes, and I don't necessarily call it proofing as if you've got a height from it. It's, it's adapting and learning and saying, how can I utilize this tool in what I do? And more importantly, 
as an employee? How do I become that go-to person? All right, Mike, thank you so much for bringing us up to date with some encouraging news about how to prepare and work with artificial intelligence in our favor. With positive news you can use, I'm Ernie Anastas on 77 WABC. For more positivity, listen anytime. Download and subscribe to Positively Ernie, the podcast. Go to WABCRadio.com and the 77 WABC app. Hi, everyone. I'm Brian Kilmeade. This is your Tell the Towers Foundation New York Minute. Go to T2T.org right now. Pledge this is $11 a month to this great organization and feel better about yourself that you're doing it. And they are sponsoring this. You know, I'm in a retrospective mood today. And I'm thinking about Manhattan and the history, which was once owned by the Dutch, once called New Amsterdam. Remember, the Dutch West Indies Company. You were talking about the 1600s, 1626 or so. You know, Manhattan, huge role in the American Revolution. We had spies here, was taken over, occupied by the British till we forced them out in 1785, even though the war had ended in 1783. You know, Manhattan was the hub of all culture in the 19th and 20th century, and we still kept it. You got the Erie Canal in New York. You got Brooklyn Bridge contributing to the growth and development and Manhattan and everything else. I'm Brian Kilmeade. That's your Talented Towers Foundation New York Minute, retrospectively. Remember, listen to my show every single day from 10 to noon on 77 WABC. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our nation's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word. Honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Talented Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Ode to the Wasp Woman. So a Broadway's new hit play stars Blade Runner actress Sean Young in her New York theater debut. An instant classic and a true crime masterpiece, says BroadwayReviewGuy.com. It chronicles the last 48 hours in the lives of B-movie stars. The Little Rascals, Alfalfa Switzer, George Superman Reeves, Barbara Payton, and former Wasp Woman star Susan Cabot. Written and directed by writer McDowell. Limited engagement, so book now before they sell out. Or go to Telecharge or WaspWomanPlay.com for tickets. Ode to the Wasp Woman. Inflammation is a killer. Chronic inflammation can lead to various illnesses. Body needs 10 grams of glycine a day. Most diets provide two to three. Well, I've got the solution, folks. It's called Sweetamine. It's a sweetener that tastes like sugar and provides eight grams of glycine. No carbs, no sugar, or artificial sweeteners. I use it in my coffee every morning. It's quick, easy, and great for diabetes. Sweetamine eliminates excess inflammation and associated pain. This product is awesome. Trust me. Sweetamine.com. That's Sweetamine.com. The following is a paid political announcement. This is Congressman Anthony D'Esposito representing New York's 4th District. My office is here to assist Long Islanders with issues you may be having. We have assisted many constituents and are here to swiftly resolve problems. We can help with your passport, Social Security, the IRS, veterans issues, and more. To contact my office, you can visit deesposito.house.gov or call 516-739-3008. It is truly an honor to represent you and be your voice in Congress. Paid for by official funds authorized by the House of Representatives. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the policies or positions of WABC Radio, its management, or its sponsors. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Hey there, cutes, put on your dancing boots and come dance with me. 
Come dance with me What an evening for Some terpsichore Pretty face I know a swing I'll tell you Come on dance Sinatra is the best uh, You know You know my daughter Will stop crying If we put Sinatra on Really? Yeah she will She doesn't cry very often But when we do You know she's she's good She likes Sinatra she likes old blue eyes. Then put uh, Frank Morano on and she'll start crying again. <laughs> well, Curtis, we haven't even introduced you to your stuff yet because, uh, you know. We'll Although be... Joe Piscopo now nationally syndicated on Sunday night, 6 yeah. to 8, Sinatra across the nation. John has done that with uh, Red Apple Media with Chad. And so now the nation can hear Frank Sinatra. It's, it's right. a wonderful way to take in your weekend. Well, really we is. got, listen, we got five minutes left. We got, we have to bury uh, somebody's laundry. I mean, <laughs> the, the fact is, I'm still upset that they're even thinking of having only electric cars in 2035 in Jersey. Guys, all our listeners in New Jersey, you better write the governor and say, enough is enough. Give us a choice of what kind of car we're going to buy. Don't force it on us. Yeah, it would be a disaster for a state that already has sky-high property taxes in a place that, just like well, New York, many people remember, are leaving New Murphy, Jersey. Murphy uh, like took York. out those signs on the highways through Jersey and called his own constituents knuckleheads, and they actually reelected him against Jack Citarelli by the barest of minimals. Uh, minimum uh, votes. Uh, that's why I'm supporting Jack Citarelli. Well, Chad, what are you going to do for th- Thanksgiving today? Nothing. We're going to relax and uh, spend time with the family. And I have two. We were just talking about the dogs. I have two little dachshunds. Uh, so we're going to spend some time with them. Keep and them away from other dogs. <laughs> oh, nice. Very, very nice. Yeah, keep them away from the other dogs. Are you having a, uh, lunch with your dad or I, I dinner? Am, I am hosting Thanksgiving for the very first time as a matter matter of fact, and we'll be watching football, listening to WABC, as we talked about before, but we're going to have Italian dishes, Lithuanian dishes, of course, your classic American turkey and all that, so I'll certainly be on a little trip to Fiend. I'll need an extra cup of coffee have... tomorrow morning when I'm back in. I wonder if Margo's going to have Spanakopita. Oh, that's... Yeah. Very <laughs> and nice. And Curtis? Yeah, you're going to have Nathan's hot dogs or what? No, no, Nathan's hot dogs. That's uh, Chad's mom. She was like one of the big executives at Nathan's hot dogs when I was competing in the dirty, dirty uh, eating, uh, right. dirty water eating contest. You were contest. a bronze medalist, weren't you? I finished third a long yeah. time ago. Now, now I can't even look at them. All of you, make sure you're, 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 you're listening to WABC, even if you're watching something on on television. Always keep WABC on. Always listen to what's going on. We have breaking news for you, and and we're we're expanding our breaking news department, so you'll know every minute of the day in 173 countries what the heck is going on from Midtown New York worldwide. Well, and I'm thankful for everything that you have done for this city, John, by creating a station that, again, I dub the great American public square, because it really is amazing. Curtis, what are you thankful for on this Thanksgiving? Being alive. Remember, I'm like a cat with nine lives. Where's that Staying alive. Staying alive. Exactly. As my wife reminds me, you know, you've used up eight of your nine lives. you got to be careful. You're approaching 70 now, so be very careful. But we'll be hosting the 12 noon to 1 o'clock hour, Nancy and I. It's our tradition to uh, reach out to all the shut-ins, those that can't be with their family and friends, because they know they have a friend always at WABC. We're, we're their family. For a lot of these people, you can't realize how important we are to their lives, especially 
when they don't have anybody any longer around that they can talk to and confide in. And we're, we're their friend. We're side-by-side side with them 24-7, 365. Well, Curtis, John, Chad, and to all the WABC listeners out there, happy Thanksgiving to you, John. Happy Thanksgiving happy to you and the Cassidy family. Happy Thanksgiving to give family. your dad a hug for me. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, we did fight once. We didn't talk about it. You know, tomorrow, <laughs> Curtis, uh, Katz, and, uh, uh, and Andrew Giuliani, we're going to nickname you by tomorrow. We're going to talk about the one big fight I had with your, your, your dad. More dirty laundry? I can't wait. <laughs> oh, wow. In the Thanksgiving spirit, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't and it was know. all Tony Carbonetti's fault. <laughs> I didn't know that Damn story. Carbonetti. Wow. <laughs> anyway, a happy gobble-gobble day out there, Thanksgiving, with your family and friends. And again, if you don't have family and friends with you and you can't go anywhere, just keep it right on the dial, 770 AM WABC, for your live and local programming. Because we... You'll, n- you'll never be alone if you listen to WABC. There's always somebody here that you talk to. Right. And what do we stand for? Truth, Truth, justice, justice, and the American American way. way. God bless America. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.